welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. We're on episode number 81. I'm once again joined with my co-host, Antaku. What's going on, man? Uh, I'm reading this article about this dude named Ryan Fish from Connecticut. Who, ha- who was a substitute teacher who has his classroom start a fight club. <laughs> I'm guessing that didn't end well. <laughs> uh, it ended with two counts of injury to a minor, one count of second degree Jesus breach Christ. of peace, and the four counts of reckless endangerment. So, nah. Jesus Christ. Uh, my favorite part is his excuse. Um, wait. Where is it? Where is it? The truth is, I'm an idiot, and I wanted to befriend them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm immature. I mean, <laughs> at least he admitted it. You know. uh, um, among the among the other allegations levied at Fish in the official arrest warrant is that he initiated one of the fights by saying one, two, three, and then said round two after one of the participants had to pause because they thought they were going to vomit. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man! I mean, at least, at least he was honest about it. That's... <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Then, then we get to uh, they buried the lead here because other allegations include that Fish asked students to add him on Snapchat, <laughs> and, and that he allowed them to draw obscene images, some depicting he, another teacher, on the whiteboard. What what's his name it, again? Ryan. Ryan Fish, and he looks exact. Oh Lord, I typed in Google, and it uh, it auto populated. He he looks like. He looks like he would start a fight club. He does not. He does not look all that bright. Mm-mm. He looks like um. You know when Macaulay Culkin started to get older. <laughs> he he looks around that ballpark. He, he looks like he carries around tiki torches. Yeah, yeah, that's the guys. He, yeah, he screams sketch. This fucking sweater and his mugshot. Oh man, this like is... it looks like he's already been in jail for like years because his eyes look. He looks like he just got done crying. <laughs> no, I think his eyes are just low. He definitely has substance abuse. He, he definitely would have got his ass kicked by one of those kids. <laughs> that is wild. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that up. <laughs> I mean, this isn't the first. Uh, did you hear about like the preschool fight club that, from a few years ago? <laughs> I think I did. God. What is what is what is going on? Oh, where that no, one no, lady made that little kid armbar again? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Dude, 
It's like it's like Dan always it, says, fighting is in our blood. <laughs> I wonder did it last long enough? To, was there like a Fight Club champ? I mean, or like, like I would put that on my resume. Like I, I was the Fight Club champ when I was four years old. <laughs> I'm mad there's no footage because I'm looking at the preschool one and they're like they're just standing outside the um. The place, like just, just uh, like filming stuff. I'm like, come on, sh- sh- show me some fights. I can't bear to watch children <laughs> beat each other up. Oh man, that's that's how you kick off the weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, man, it's like it's, it's uh... like um, it's like football. Like college football Saturday night or whenever it is, I don't know. Um, and then like some real footballs on Sunday. You got your like children fighting during the week. <laughs> your your regional or your college level dudes fighting on Friday, and then you got the UFC on like Saturday. And then oh, at the man. very t- at the very top, we have KSW on Sunday. Put, put that on Fight Pass. We need these uh. <laughs> we need the next crop of uh, MMA superstars uh, starting off in middle school. I mean, like that, there was no way that kid was gonna break the other kid's elbow though. With that arm bar, because as a kid, the joints are all like, like um, not developed yet. So like they're basically octopuses, octopi. Oh man, that teacher though. You guys have to if you guys just look up Ryan Fish Fight Club and just look at that mugshot, and let me know if you would invite him to the family birthday party <laughs> for your. <laughs> he looks like a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely like walking into your party. He's taking your cake, and he's gonna duck off in a corner somewhere. And all the drinks you had are magically gonna end like up. He's, he's the dude who goes to the house party and then just like leaves with like the toilet paper. Right. <laughs> he's he's oh, like, man. I don't got any at home. Somebody just take yours. <laughs> that, uh, that's a face that lacks uh, empathy. Very much so. Very much so. Um. Yes, yeah, another kind of mad man. It's, we went like three good days of really great weather, and now it's like rainy and kind of not so good yeah. outside. But make the best of it. I do plan on using this. Uh, shout out to T-Mobile for this five dollar ticket they gave me. Um, so I'm probably gonna put that to use today and go see Ready Player One. Ew. Just to get out the house. Ew. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> hey man. I'm easily entertained, and that movie screams entertainment. I have to book somewhere go. around here. Like, like if I, it's 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 within kicking distance. <laughs> it, oh, it's man. terrible. The movie. I haven't book. seen the movie, but the book is legitimately one of the worst things. <laughs> so like, you know the stereotypes about nerds by people who aren't nerds, like. Uh, oh, is that the whole... Like, about how... Not like the old 80s stereotype where they're all, like, geeky and, like, socially awkward, but, like, in a charmable, like a charming way. Like, the, the part where, yeah. like, they're really creepy and they don't know they're being creepy and they're really possessive <laughs> of, like, women they don't know. It's kind of like that. Oh, man. There's a whole point to the book where, like, the, the kid just, like, describes masturbation. And then, and then he they describes like stalking this chick to her house. 
and like playing music on the stereo and just like screaming. I'm gonna hope the masturbation scene did not make it. I to mean, the movie. probably not. <laughs> but like, if born of that source material, like I can still see like the creepy shit creeping itself in. Oh, the tra- the trailer did enough that it you know it, it looked like for five dollars I I think I'll be entertained for hour yeah. and a half and hopefully not want to scream or yeah I'd probably go see it if it didn't look so gray. I'm like oh we have all these characters and they're all going to be like a gray amorphous blob where you can barely see the details because we don't want to you know pay for color. Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll I'll let you know what happens after I, after I leave the theater. That's, but, my, um, that's my major issue with Hollywood right now. They make everything gray. Hollywood has a lot. That, you know, that's a whole other episode of issues. <laughs> but, uh, before we uh, get started covering fights and such, uh, always got to give out our plugs. So podcasts can be listened to on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, rate and subscribe. And shout outs to, I think we got a few more reviews, a few more five stars. So shout outs to... Um, whoever you find folks were who left us some five-star ratings, appreciate it. Um, iTunes, Google Play, you can hit us up on Facebook at the Facebook page, Dojo Talk Podcast, and you can send emails to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com, and my computer is doing stupid stuff that I'm saying no to, this loud noise, and <laughs> you can hit me up on Twitter, uh, follow me at Serial Sensei, um, and real quick, let's go through the top cities and countries um and also shout outs to the the tumblr fan base appreciate you guys i feel like i don't shout y'all out uh, shout y'all out enough uh for supports and likes and free blogs all that good stuff um top seven countries who have been tuning in for this last week u.s holding strong at number one number two we got germany number three we got egypt number four we got india and coming in at number five, we got the UK and the top cities that have tuned in. Uh, rather interesting list. Number one, Berlin, Germany. Number two, Cairo, Egypt. Number three, Centerville, Maryland. Number four, uh, Monticello, New York. I'm saying that right. Monticello? And Cello. There we go. Coming in at number four. And number five, this Passaic. New hey, that's that's literally yep. right. Like I can see Passaic from my house right now. There you go. Three people on that street. <laughs> I'm, ass- I'm assuming it was my brother. I think it was because I saw a uh, top listener list, and one of them had your last. Yeah. Name. So I'm gonna assume that was him. So shout outs to you guys. Definitely appreciate the support. And appreciate everybody who watched, or I said watched, listened to the last episode, which drug out for a very I mean, long time. I mean, if you get really but... high and you close your eyes, <laughs> isn't the same thing? <laughs> but the, the numbers show, man, this episode is, is doing really good. So, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe these three-hour episodes are somehow the move. Dude, I don't know. It's but... a lot of content. It is. I was, was going to say I was going to say something else positive about it. <laughs> but I froze up. Oh man, it, it, it is a lot of content for better and worse. It's just a lot of <laughs> it's a lot going on. 
Um, I guess before we get started into the fights, I, I got to recap my weekend real quick because I had a, a pretty interesting weekend. Um, I went to my first MMA fight. Uh, also learned some things about myself this weekend. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> even though I spent a lot of my childhood in Baltimore City... Every time I go down, like, downtown, I realize I'm not a city person. Like, I wasn't even driving, and I was getting uncomfortable in the car. Like, just the amount of people and bodies. And I get it, like, like yesterday was also the Light Festival. So I know a lot of people were down there for that. Um, it was just, it was so much going on, man. It was really, it was, like, uncomfortable, almost. Like, it's just, it's too, I'm not a city person, man. It's too many bodies, too many people's it's too much going on at one time but um and we tried to go eat at five guys and the line was like out the door yeah so we had to settle for subway i mean uh, i like subway so but i, I kind of wanted five guys but it just it wasn't gonna happen so that uh, that was cool though you know the downtown baltimore is you know pretty cool i just don't like thousands of people gathered in one place it makes me uncomfortable um but I went to Shogun Fight, <laughs> XVV, <laughs> or 18, whatever it was, um, at the World Farms Arena. So it was my first time seeing MMA up close and personal. Um, things I've learned. Um, taking elderly black gentlemen to fights. Well, I didn't have one in my group, but there was one sitting behind me. Um, it was a great experience. I don't think this guy ever saw an MMA fight before, but it was just hilarious. Because he didn't know how many rounds there were. And, like, the first fight um, that we saw when we got there was, was kind of like a wall install slash, like, lay and pray fest. And um, just imagine, I'm going to say, like, a 50-year-old black guy probably from, like, Mississippi. <laughs> so somewhere in the southern region watching that. And he's, he's talking to, like, his niece or nephew or somebody in his role. And he's like... How many rounds is this? This better not be 12 rounds. <laughs> they, were like, yeah. <laughs> they were like, no, it's only three. And he was like, hey, man, I swear if this goes six rounds, I'm slap the hell out of one of y'all. <laughs> so I sat behind this guy, like, or he was sitting behind me, like, the whole night. It was hilarious commentary. We we all were, like, we all were laughing. It, it was it was a good time. Um fights were okay um unfortunately my friend scott noble dropped uh a loss tko in the second round but i have to issue a gripe like two two seconds left in the round and uh all right so um uh i'm trying i'm trying to think of how to explain this so there were two seconds left in the round the guy who was fighting had like just got full mount and I'm, tr I'm trying to think of a UFC fight. I know there's a UFC fight where this happened. I, just, I can't, like, think of it off the top of my head. You, you've seen it before. Like, a, a dude's throwing ground and pound, and the guy on the bottom is, like, <laughs> it, it, it looks weird when they, like, they're bobbing and weaving, like, right, right. from their back. So he was kind of doing that. Like, he wasn't bloody at all. And, I like, I talked to him after the fight, looked at his face. Like, not really any marks on his face. Like, literally after he got mounted, and the guy, like, started landing just a semblance of ground and pound, even though he bobbed and weaved out of most of it. Two seconds left. Ruff still stops it. The crowd wasn't happy. We weren't happy. To be honest, we almost left the arena after that fight, but there were, like, two more, so we stayed and watched. 
another one. Um, but yeah, my friend unfortunately dropped a loss, but I got a chance to talk to him after the fight. We hung out after the fight. Um, still in good spirits, you know. So that was good. So shout out to my friend Scott Noble. Um, I also got a chance to see a super heavyweight MMA fight in person, and that was interesting. Um, I can actually say though, it was not as bad as I thought it was oh, gonna be. You didn't get the real experience. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think one of the, the first guy was two seventy five. I can't remember how much the other guy weighed. Um, but they they looked every bit of two seventy five. But like for their size, like one of the big guys was moving. Like he was, like his ground game was pretty good. He was passing guards. I mean, by the third round, you could tell definitely it was it was a jiggly weight fight. You you were reminded that it was heavyweight MMA. Like there was a long stretch where I think one of them got a takedown, and I think they both agreed that we just gonna go to sleep, and they just kind of sat there for a little bit. But like they slugged it out for the first two rounds. So I don't remember their names. I don't have the card pulled up in front of me. But uh, shout outs to those gentlemen, the super heavyweight regional MMA. <laughs> it was. Oh, and I can confirm. I thought this was just on TV, but this is real life. Heavyweights take thirty seconds to fall. It's not just TV. They really do take thirty seconds. To yeah, when, when you get hit and and you six six and you got like three hundred fifty pounds on you, it it takes a while for your legs to catch up what's happening with your brain. Yeah. <laughs> every slam or every like knockdown, it was so bizarre to see like how long it took them to hit the ground. <laughs> but I mean, overall, you know, the night didn't go the way we won next month friend lost. But like I'm glad I got a chance to see MMA in person now. Um it's pretty awesome, like hearing people's intros over the loudspeakers. Crowd gets hype when like certain songs play. Um Leg kicks are very loud in an arena. <laughs> I thought that was just TV too. No, the leg kicks are definitely thudding when those land. Um, but but it was cool, you know. Got a chance to hang out with some friends. Um, saw some fights. You know, laughed at elderly black gentlemen doing commentary. So, you know, it, it was what it was. It wasn't wasn't the best night because it didn't go the way we wanted. But glad I got the experience nonetheless. Um, but that's that. So we will get into uh, news. Uh, and nuggets of fights and other announcements that have been going on throughout the week. Brett, um, uh, not, not to throw you off right there, I forgot because we didn't mention pre show that there's also a Bellator, Bellator card that went on. Oh, yeah, I do have that up. Um, we'll breeze through that real quick before mm. we start the other card because I do, there's some stuff on that card worth mentioning. Um, but other fight announcements and things that have happened. Um, do 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 do. Alright, so we got. Rafael Asuncao and Rob Font will be going down at UFC 226. Uh, Ricardo Lamas and Mursad Bektik at UFC 225. Megan Anderson versus Holly Holm at 225. Brandon Moreno and Ray Borg. Uh, that fight has been rebooked for UFC Chile. Uh, Gokan Saki, Khalil Roundtree. That fight has been rebooked for UFC 226. Um, do do do. <laughs> Uh, and Victor FC signs uh, undefeated prospect Jessica Correa Delboni. If I'm pronouncing that right. Um, I didn't see that. Vulcan. <laughs> All right, we got to stop on this one for just a little bit. Vulcan Uzdemir is out of the co-main event uh, against Shogun Hua uh, due to his pending uh, felony assault charges. And I'm wondering how the UFC thought 
that this man would be allowed to leave the country with a pending felony assault charge. Like, is nobody who who's doing the homework when they're doing these matchmaking? Like, I, th- I, <laughs> I think their thought process was was like mine is like was the, is Ustamir even a U.S. citizen? Like, <laughs> won't they just like send him back to um crap? I forget where he's from. Latvia or something. That's the, but yeah, we were that that fight being taken from us. Somebody didn't do their homework, but what whatever that 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 happens. Um, oh, you sound very upset about it. I was slightly looking forward to that fight for some reason. I don't know why. I, you know, I think I'm interested to see if Shogun. Oh, all right. I can't say interested. He is a top five light heavyweight, regardless of how we may feel about that. But <laughs> I wanted to see, like, is he really going to complete another title run? Like, is this... I wanted to see if it was going to be real. Uh, I feel like if he would have won that fight, he, he he's pretty much right there. Um, I don't know. Old man comeback story, I guess. But that that's put on hold. Uh, Gabriel Benitez versus Humberto Bandene. I don't have what event that's on. Uh, UFC um, Chile. All right, also on UFC Chile. Uh, and Bellator news, Patricio Pitbull, Daniel Weichel going down at Bellator 203. That should be pretty fun. And in boxing news, Tyson Fury will be coming back on June 9th, opponent yet to be named. Um, I want to go back up real quick. Um, how do you feel about the Megan Anderson-Holly Holm match? It makes sense. Like, Anderson can win it just because Holm has, like, gigantic flaws in, like, her game. And, like, is that the sh- huh. Like, Anderson can match her on volume and length. It, not technique, but... She's also pretty athletic. Like, she's a surprisingly good athlete for, like, a six-foot woman. With, like, no um, real background. I think she just got into MMA to lose weight or something. Um, like, it makes sense. Like, home... Cyborg was the biggest fight the UFC had uh, last year that didn't involve John Jones or Conor McGregor putting on the boxing gloves. So um, I, I guess they see it a win-win. Uh, Anderson wins, and they have like an Australian, another Australian contender, um, someone they could put on a Rob uh, Robert Whitaker undercard, like for um, like and Anderson's strangely charismatic. Uh, she got voted like Bellator's most popular, uh, not Bellator, Invicta's most popular fighter her last year there, despite only having like one fight that year. So like she has that going for her. And if home wins, they get a rematch of their biggest fight from last year that didn't involve John Jones in DC. So my immediate reaction, I, I was kind of fifty-fifty. I think only because but then it's, it's kind of hard to say because at one forty-five pickings are extremely slim like e- extremely slim so I'm like there was only a set number of people she she could afford anyway I, I guess my fear was you throw her in with Holly I, I, I feel like at this point you want new faces to fight Cyborg but I didn't really look at it from a numbers perspective to be honest I forgot how well I didn't even know how well or how not well that fight I did. mean like uh, you gotta remember <laughs> there, there were people who I'm going to say we're Holly Holm fans, 
maybe like Holly Ronda fans or something like that, that watched the Cyborg fight and thought that Holly Holm won and was robbed. Yeah, no, that's and, and you like we, you know, the guys who watch everything, we 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 we're gonna watch the fight regardless. So like if they can get home back in there after like a legitimate win. And Anderson's like the third best featherweight on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess like immediate reaction, I was like, man, that's, I feel like it was a, a bit of a risky fight for Anderson. Big competition. Oh, it absolutely jump. is. But then at the same, yeah. But at the same time, it's like picking just a slim. And then I also thought, you know what? It is a big leap in competition. But Holly Holm also sometimes doesn't perform <laughs> to the best that we know she can all the time. And uh, I I think Megan could be able to exploit that, and like she she I still think she has a lot going for her. She is a big forty five er. She is every bit <laughs> of one forty five. She's very long. She's very powerful. So like her winning this fight is not far fetched yeah. or the stretch of the imagination. I'm looking at, all. at this two twenty five um, card and it is stacked. Like you got Whitaker Romero too. RDA Covington, Holm, Anderson, Overeem, Blades, CM Punk, Jackson, uh, Benavides, Pettis, Gadella, Esparza, Arlovsky, Tuivasa, uh, like, uh, Ricardo Lamas is fighting on the prelims, uh, the Bectic fight, because Rashad Evans is fighting Anthony Smith and like, the opener on Fox Sports 1. Like, the, and th- that's two top 10-ish featherweights right there. Pray to the MMA gods that that card holds it together and we don't <laughs> we don't have another one of them incidents and we, we lose a, a lot of violence that we were over. Apparently, Connor wanted to fight RDA. That was the thing they were talking about. So, I, I won't be surprised if he shows up in Chicago. And we and we get some more um, hand dolly action. So hold on, is the Chicago car complete? Uh, it looks like it has like what five, nine, twelve fights already. You guys need to get Shorty Torres on that man. Uh, yeah, that sucks. Y'all gotta stop. Y'all gotta stop playing around, man. Get get that man. Get this man a fight. Like, do we really need Rashad Coulter versus Alan Crowder on there? <laughs> like. Let Torres come in. It's it's a guaranteed fun fight if you put him on the card. Like you, in in the hometown. Like you you can't lose if you. I I don't know. I had to throw some Twitter rage at somebody. They probably won't listen. Right. Well, we got we got to get we got to get short. The the fact that Torres is in the USA kind of just underlines my thought process and that they don't really care about flyweight. Yeah. And that sucks because I yeah. like. I think that, like, maybe down the road when, like, the dude is, you know, more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, crafted as a fighter? Like, when he's yeah. more uh, of a final product? Like, he, I think he can go up and compete at Bantamweight? Like like he was saying, like, they, they hit a little hard now for him, and they're a little big, and he tires out a little quicker because he, he has to grapple with them, so. Yeah. We'll see though. But y'all, y'all need to get this man. Yeah, like for real. But, but that's that's pretty much all of the 
most of the no yeah most of the news no whoa, whoa 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 um, whoa 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 you missed one Brock Lesnar. Oh. He's back, kind okay, of, but he's yeah, back. I, pur- I, I, <laughs> I purposely didn't write that one down. So much hate for our next uh, heavyweight champion. Uh, you know what? And the thing is, I've defended Brock a lot because I feel like he gets a lot of he gets a lot of flack. I've I've, I've for Brock before, but in, in this instance, man, I'd, I'm not mad at him being back. You want to throw him back? Make you know you. you you got four billion dollars to make up. I get it. You gotta, you gotta do something to <laughs> to make all that money back. But I don't, I don't want to see Brock in any title fights, and then failing the USADA test, and then we we get another. I, I don't, I don't know. But then you know you got Ngannou calling him out. If they, if they want to do Ngannou Lesnar, I'm, I, I guess I'm kind of for it. Um, I, I'd rather that than him just jump into a title fight. I, I think that's kind of whack. If he just straights get a title, if he just off rip gets a title fight, I like the Ngannou fight. If he wins that, and you want to give him a title shot, sure, whatever. Heavyweight MMA is heavyweight MMA. That do they have rules up there? I don't even know. Nobody, <laughs> nobody knows what goes on. Heavyweight MMA is a completely different sport than regular right. MMA. <laughs> they don't abide by the same rules. It's not everything's just different. Poor Volkov if if um if Lesnar just gets a title shot and Volkov's been out here. You know, you fairness, know. I think Lesnar would probably beat the crap out of Volkov. <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. But he would fail as a drug test afterwards. I mean, anyway. yeah, so, so. It, it, it would be like it didn't happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, the the Brock thing, yeah. I'm like I said, I'm not against him being back, but you know, just, just don't, 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 don't. Uh, if Usada comes to your door, don't run. The he had an exemption, bunker. so it's okay. So they say he, he had a four month window. <laughs> listen, listen. When, when you can't hold it against Brock that he's juicing. His boss is Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon was on trial with the U.S. government because he was forcing his <laughs> his sports entertainers to juice. Oh, this my. was a thing that happened. <laughs> he was like, imagine if Dana got caught supplying like freaking um, Alistair Overeem. With like steroids, <laughs> he was he was the one bringing in the exactly. Horse meat. <laughs> oh man, like I mean, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, to be honest, regardless, I, I might be complaining about this, but if he comes back, I'm I'm watching because I'm I'm just I'm ninety percent sure. Like when like Brock was at the contract signing right before WrestleMania, like Vince like walked in with like a needle and it's just like you have to juice. <laughs> Before I sign this contract, you have to juice. Well, from what I heard at uh, WrestleMania, he was looking a little flabby. Uh, somebody was saying, so a little, they, they, from what I heard, word, word on the street, it looked like he was cycling uh, off. Probably. He, he also, that, he also you know. was very upset with the audience because they were booing his entire match. I, I heard like the last hour of WrestleMania was bad. But, 
like really bad. Like, but that's what happens. We have like a seven-hour show, so I can't really blame them. Like for booing, especially because they. Yeah, I think after, yeah, after like four hours, I'm out of there. I mean, I, I love me a good night of wrestling as much as anybody else, but that 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 that's extra. And you, yeah, and most of the crowd had been like there all week, going to like small wrestling shows and like just partying it up. So they were probably burnt by Sunday night. Yeah. Quality over quantity. Uh, WWE uh, doesn't believe in that. <laughs> they never learn. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that's 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 the thing. Brock coming back, but that's that's all the no yeah news notes. <laughs> And Nuggets. Uh, before we get to the UFC card, though, Bellator uh, 197 did go down on April 13th, uh, headlined by Michael Chandler and late replacement Brandon Gertz. Um, I guess we'll quickly run through this card because um, there were some things of note. Uh, main event: Michael Chandler, Brandon Gertz. Uh, Chandler won via arm triangle choke in the first round. Um, Gertz was holding his own on the feet, but my God, as soon as Chandler got him down, that was wrapped pretty much um <laughs> so the only thing left is for chandler to fight the goat uh bellator's winter soldier uh brent primus who's somewhere out in the world i don't know what he's doing but he, he's I'm out there not convinced he's so, real yeah he might not be we might, that that first fight might have just been like a a matrix simulation and that computer program <laughs> that morpheus and neo were in yeah i don't know uh Primus man, we gotta um you gotta you gotta get out of here, man. Like we gotta we gotta see you out in public, you know, doing stuff to remember that you're a real person. That you're you actually have a belt. But that that main event <laughs> came and went. Uh co main event was AJ McKee and Justin Lawrence. Uh this was a pretty fun fight, probably uh McKee's toughest uh test to date, uh which he definitely passed. He looked pretty good. Uh, Lawrence might have did better if he didn't have the mullet. That's another conversation for another day. Uh, but shout out to AJ McKee, uh, Logan Storley versus Joaquin Buckley. Uh, probably not. <laughs> it's weird saying this. That is not Storley's best performance, even though he won 30 27, 30 26, 30 26. But yeah. <laughs> but it, it was not the most. And I, I know Storley as a wrestler, and most of his fights do tend to go the takedown route, but a lot of the other fights I've seen from him, like, he takes you down and punishes you for it. Um, this one wasn't exciting as some of his other outings, but got a victory nonetheless. And uh, Baby Slice, Kimbo's son, Kevin Ferguson Jr., uh, defeated Devin Brock via submission after he rocked him with a right hand. And then subbed them, and that was all within 34 seconds. So shout outs to Baby Slice, um, Juliana uh, Velasquez defeated Rebecca Ruth uh, via KO with a body kick. It was kind of a weird finishing sequence. So I think people thought it was a low blow, and then it just ended up finishing the fight. But um, do we ever get that question uh, answered about what women have wobbles? And I've heard they do. I, f- I feel like I've seen this before, though. I'm, I, there was at least one UFC fight where I think they did consider one of them. I think it was the, um, fuck, what was her name? Uh, jo- Joanne Calderwood Valerie Letourneau fight? Was that it? Or was that just because her, like... I can't remember. Yeah. 
But there was at least one though, and uh, I'm pretty sure they they do consider them. They they do have low blows, but this one was definitely a body kick. I feel like the toe like caught her like liver. I don't know solar plexus, whatever that that region. <laughs> um, Dominic Mazada defeated Josh Sampo via unanimous decision. UFC veteran Josh uh, Sampo. That was one of my name was familiar. Derek Anderson had a very fun fight with Zach Busia. I'm saying that mm -hmm. right. Uh, one via unanimous decision. That was an awesome fight. Um, you guys should definitely check that out. And Eric Ellickson defeated Jordan Howard uh, via split decision. So that was Bellator. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, You're forgetting one, my man. The homie, Adam, sorry, Adam Sella, was on this card. They do not have him listed on the He was on the dark belt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to say they do not have him on here at all. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. My bad, Adam. <laughs> I had that. It's not my fault. I'm on MMAfighting.com. They don't have you on here. You might want to write an angry letter to somebody. <laughs> I only know because the, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and saying he won. Which good for him. Um, there you go. So shout, shout out to Adam. Winning, winning, winning the bouts in the, in the dark. <laughs> this is that's good because I think he was like on a six fight losing streak or something. Oh, and they took that away from him. Ah, oh, that that sucks. That sucks. But that was Bellator 197. Pretty good card. Definitely. Uh, if you guys didn't get a chance to check it, go go check that out. Um, so I guess we will just get on to the main event of the evening. UFC on Fox 29, Poirier versus Gaethje. Um, this went down in Glendale, Arizona. Um, so I'm gonna have to throw out a disclaimer uh, for this card real quick. So being that I was out pretty much all Saturday night. Um, I caught none of this card in real time, um, so I didn't get a chance to watch many of these fights more than once. Normally, I watch these fights at least like two, sometimes even three times. Most of these fights I only saw once. Some of them I watched twice, so I apologize if my memory is a bit shoddy, but uh, the, the show must go on, as they say, so let's um, start it from the top. Dustin Poirier. Justin Gaethje, main event. Um, I feel like any time with a Gaethje fight, whatever you imagine in your head that's going to happen in terms of violence is probably going to happen, um, regardless if you're picking him to win or lose. Uh, this fight was no different. <laughs> um, I was really... I mean, what, what can, like, I don't know what to say. Poirier, and funny because we talked about him uh, prior to recording this list, and I'll, we'll get into that a bit later, but Poirier, since coming to 155, has been just awesome to watch, like, win or lose, the dude is like, revitalized his career, he just looks really great at 155, we all know Gaethje is just an, an animal, <laughs> like, the, the dude just isn't human, um, so this, this fight could the only the only way this fight could go is just extremely violent, and that's pretty much what it was. Um, always love Gaethje's use of leg kicks, that he just seems to catch everybody with in any of his fights, whether the UFC or if you watched any of his old uh, WSOF fights. Leg kicks are always a major factor, and he just batters dudes with leg kicks. Um, but Dustin, I thought, did a good job of just clean boxing a very diverse <laughs> very diverse <laughs> boxing set a lot of like 
he would do combination of like touch, touch, touch. Then he would throw like a power shot, jabs, hooks, uppercuts, just a full arsenal <laughs> of hands um, on display. Um, I thought his technique was just a, a bit cleaner than Gaethje's and a, a lot more, um, a bit more fluid, a bit more combination heavy. Um, but I'm always amazed, even though I've seen it countless times, at how much Gaethje keeps pressure and just doesn't let you breathe. No matter how many times you hit this man in the face, he's still, he's still throwing leg kicks. He's still countering. This fight went on for four rounds, and like there were no points at all where anybody was able to take a break. <laughs> really, like it was just nonstop back and forth. Um, but like I said, I think Poirier... Like I said, just a bit more diverse with his hands, um, heavy with combinations. Like I said, a lot of like touch, 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 then a power shot here, or there, um, and then my God, that last, um, that last finishing sequence, really the entire fourth round, he kind of just went Super Saiyan and put the pause on Gaethje. Um, he cleaned them with a, I remember if it was a right or a left, but he, uh, he he gave him a little mini stanky leg moment. <laughs> He, uh, Gaethje just finally, I guess, his, his tank was finally empty after four rounds of just violence. And Poirier just poured it on him. And just really good win for, for Poirier, man. Like I said, at, at 155, this guy has just completely, like, revitalized his career. He's looked really good uh, against a lot of the better fighters in the division. Um... I'm not sure if he will get a title shot off of this, but I gotta imagine he's somewhere in the conversation. Um, just awesome fight, man! Really awesome fight. This you you knew what you were gonna get coming into this, and it it pretty much delivered. Uh, yeah. Um, again, Gaethje's like for all the brawling talk, like Gaethje's number one thing is that he is one of the best leg kickers in MMA. Um which makes him probably one of the best leg kickers in North America, or uh, I should say the U.S., um, considering how bad our kickboxing slash Muay Thai scene is. But, like, his ability to kick from everywhere. Like, he'll kick you in the... He'll hit you with, a like, a round kick. Like, a round, like, in the clinch. That's, uh, like... Imagine having a double collar tie on somebody and then just leg kicking them. That's the type of stuff Gaethje does. Um, and for like the up, like literally up until uh, Poirier landed that like really smooth uh, counter left hand uh, down the middle. Um, I, I thought, I, like I thought Gaethje was gonna win the fight. Like I had the fight twenty nine, twenty seven. I think if that if that equals like. Two ten nines for Poirier, one nine nine round because of the point being taken away. I'll get that in a second. Um, but like, I I, I straight I, like the the fight was like all the momentum was going in Gaethje's favor. Like Poirier was having trouble standing on that leg. Uh, like his combinations were, which were brilliant early. Like he was really lighting Gaethje up with like five six piece combinations, on, with the hands. Um. Anytime he would try to close distance. Um, but, like, they were coming fewer, uh, like, less, like, they were far, and they were coming farther and farther apart as the fight went on. Um, 
Was it the third or second round that ended with Gagey just hitting the rolling thunder? <laughs> I, I want to say it was the second. Right. I can't remember, though. Like, at that point, I legitimately thought he had taken over the, the fight. Like, like, it was all in his direction. Yeah, because he, um, I can't remember if that was the same round. Like, he rocked Poirier at one of those points, and Poirier definitely, like, backed mm-hmm. up and... It, it looked like Gaethje was almost going to get the kill, but... Yeah. Um, but, like, the, the main thing I'm getting away from this is, like, Poirier, who... History is... Like, the history of Dustin Poirier is... He is... Winning fights until the other guy starts to put up... To be aggressive, and then he loses. Like, that's how he lost to KZ... That's how he lost to Connor. Um, the the uh, the Cub and MJ fights are a little different, but like he's not a guy who deals with pressure very well. Um, and he did a great job of mitigating it here. He he ate something like fifty leg kicks to do it. I, like I want to say the number was actually like forty something, forty five or something. Um, but. He did a great job. He, it, took, it took him a while, but he, he finally got the timing on Poirier's, uh, not Poirier's, uh, on Gaethje's naked leg kicks. And uh, he drew the crap out of him. Um, for Gaethje, like, like, I get that he has to be a pressure fighter to succeed. I get that he has to, like, be in the brawl to, like, to to, to do work. But... It, like is is more and more clear like that he needs a second layer of attack and defense. Like he yeah. needs to add in like some wrestling. He needs to add in, um, especially when he's hurt. Because like if you go back to the Johnson fight or or you look at this one, like he gets dri- he gets rocked in the third in the fourth round by that punch, right? So what does he do? He starts swinging back, and when like he starts like losing his balance, he reaches out to try to like grab Poirier, but not like grab him to like grab him, and like tie up, but like to grab him to like steady himself, because he's on like he's on skates basically. Um, like there was no. He's a great wrestler defensively, anyway. Like he got out of a, a couple takedown attempts from Poirier here, um, but like he the. the he is truly like a live or die fighter. Like he's not he he's not in there to survive. He's in there to kill you. And if you, if he thinks you're going to open up at when he's hurt, he's going to open up back and you know may the best man win. That's that's what happened with the the, the Johnson fight. Um. Yeah, like I think he came out in the pros fight and said he only had like five fights left in him. And that yeah, that I might mean. be optimistic. <laughs> like this, this dude needs to add some add a, like a wrestling component to his game, a place where he can do more damage to his opponent. Like he can control and do damage to his opponent, and he doesn't have to eat fifty million punches to do it. Right. And he needs to like his defense isn't bad; it's just simple. And your hands are always supposed to be your your last mode of defense. It's head movement, like uh, range. That guy was the last one. 
is going to kill me. Head movement, uh, range. Oh, and, and like, be ang just angling out of the way, basically. And the uh, footwork, I should say. Um, so, like, he, he needs those components to his game. Like, otherwise, he's just going to keep losing. I think I know the wrestling's there, but I feel like he uses it more defensively. Like, because if you're watching World Series of Fighting, he, he kind of used some of those fights, it, it, it shows. And it's there. He just He's just one of those, you know, go out on the shield and sword kind of guys that you, you don't get to see yeah. it that much. But there's a reason not a lot of people put him on his back, you know, via takedown. <laughs> but I mean, not a lot of people put him on his back when it comes to knocking him out right. either. Like he was right. still, like yeah. he was still like fumbling around when Poirier knocked him out. Yeah, this this dude, man, he's there's 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 at least one in every sport. There's some dudes that are just they're just different. They're not cut from the same cloth as the rest of us. And Gaethje is he's one of those guys. Like he's 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 like, not from here. There are guys <laughs> like Tony Ferguson who like are like and like Matt Brown who are like. Clearly, they were. There would be no place else where they would be able to succeed in life, if it, if they were not prize fighters. But with Gaethje, it's like. I don't. I don't see like Gaethje completely wrecking his life like freaking um, like I, I assume Tony Ferguson would do if he wasn't a fighter. But like, I I struggle to see what else to, uh like. The thing that drives Gaethje is, I think he actually wants to die in a fight. <laughs> like, like he, oh, he wholeheartedly, like, he says, yeah, I'm probably going to, like, him saying, I'm probably going to get knocked out in my next 10 fights when he, after he beat Johnson, and, like, then immediately saying, yeah, I'm okay with dying in the cage. Like, people say that, but, like, I, I, I think Gaethje really feels that way. I think he's okay with dying. Yeah, he he fights like it. There's no no regard for his life or <laughs> the person he's fighting. And um, Whitman has done a great job in training him, like maximizing all those violent tendencies and like his near suicidal like embrace of violence. But dude, like the thing is, like if you watch his fight, like he has like head movement, like it, it, like especially at range. Like, um, an early in fights, he'll, he'll be, like, he'll, he'll be, um, you know, bobbing and weaving out of the way of punches when he's coming in. But somewhere along the line, it just goes away. He's just like, screw it, I'm gonna put the, I'm gonna put my hands up, you know, double forearm block, and then we're gonna get, we're gonna get down to some business. Yeah, he's, <laughs> the thug life personified. <clears throat> <laughs> but, yeah, man, this, this dude... Yeah, for five fights might be ambitious, considering like every fight he's in looks like the one we just watched. <laughs> like, legitimately, so, I was like, they they really booked him only four months after the Alvarez fight. Yeah, I I don't know what what you do with him Wait after this. I mean, no, no matter like, who, you, no, you got a Fox card in December, like let him take eight months off, throw him in the coming event, and like see if he has anything left. I think he's still got some left in the tank, but I just think that the way he fights, he finds himself 
just in in kind of fights where like you're winning until you're losing, and like it, it could be a thing where like his record <laughs> his record won't reflect his talent right. level. Like he may end up with a lot of losses, but we know those easily could have been wins if like just maybe one or two things just would have went his way. Like, but I saw people tweeting like he he's not like it's okay he's an action fighter who can't hang with the elite division, but I'm like. He messed the fuck up about Eddie Alvarez. And he messed right. the fuck about <laughs> Dustin Poirier. Both dudes who are proven top five level fighters. But you, you, you can't say he's not. Yeah, he can hang. He'll give anybody in this division fits. Because like, of like, his pace and the like, way I legitimately want to see him fight Khabib. Because I, I think he's a tough fight for Khabib. Yeah, I think we would see his that wrestling where he would probably not be taken down so easily. And yeah, and with his kind of striking against Habib's which isn't you know <laughs> and I don't think Habib has really eight legs. I don't, I don't think anybody's like tried. Cuz I mean, poor Barboza, that man gave 110%, but I don't think he was able to get um uh, like a ton of those off yeah. really. So yeah, that that would be an interesting matchup, but we'll 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 see, man. Gaethje, I'm I'm pretty deep around. He just he provides too much violence, so he'll he'll. <laughs> this hey, is I'm your reward for asking Felder. for more money, Pettis. You have to fight Gaethje. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. Any Gaethje fight, I'm in front of the TV. I'm watching. I'm there. Uh, once again, man, I can't say enough of good things about Poirier. Like this this guy's been on a roll. He's he's looked really good as of late. And this this was just a really, really great performance from him. Um, interested to see who they match him up with, whether or not he gets a title shot or probably not, not. But we'll see. Um, yeah, probably not. Okay, if they know. give, if they're not gonna rebook Ferguson, they're probably going to give him, um, give Khabib Eddie. Or if, I mean, if they're not doing the McGregor Khabib oh. fight, I mean, I mean, as well. So. We'll see. The one, the one good thing about lightweight is I feel like no matter the no matter matchups, you can't really go wrong right. <laughs> because everybody is. So I mean, we good. have one next week. So a really good uh, lightweight matchup between Kevin Lee and Edson Barboza. Like he could right. fight the winner of that. Right. The wheels, the wheels of weight just keep turning. Every fight is a good one. You 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 can't go wrong. Like, lightweight's such a hard but... division to get invested in guys early because. As we'll get to later, like Edson Barboza was seen as like a failure five years ago after like Burn yeah. beat him. But like look at him now. He's and now like the number three, four guy in the division. Alright. So we'll 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 see. Awesome event. Definitely lives up to the hype. All the violence you could ask for. Uh speaking of, of, of violence. <laughs> All right, people, we are back. Um, you probably just heard some funky edit because my computer literally just quit while we were recording and I just got a blue screen and it had to restart. <laughs> it was no warning or prep. It just literally just cut off. But um, I, guess... I mean, is this really a Dojo Talk podcast without something stupid happening to our computers? Yeah, yeah. It's... I want to say it's a curse, but it's almost like I'm... It, it... At, the, at this point, it's a gift. Yeah, it almost wouldn't be right. If at least one thing didn't go wrong while we were trying to record. I will say, though, I feel like our errors somehow happen at good times. Like, I can remember where we left off. So, <laughs> that's, 
for what stuff at the sadness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he continued down this card. Co-main event: Alex Cowboy Oliveira, Carlos Condit. Um, I can say about this fight at least, uh, just just by watching Condit just move, just kind of maneuver around the octagon. I was like, all right, this isn't the same Condit who fought Magny. He looks he looks a little he looks more refreshed. He looks not so rusty. <laughs> um, as far as the fight, um. Lots of lots of scrambles on the ground going on with this fight. Um, Oliveira able to get the takedown in the first. Um, Condit was able to find his way out of some some bad spots in reverse position, and then in the first he even took uh, Cowboys back. Uh, tried to go for uh, I think he went for a choke that he ended up uh, not getting. But pretty competitive first round. But I gave I gave Condit the first. He was able to get out of some bad positions. He ended the round and. Uh, a dominant position, so I gave uh, Carlos the first round. Um, second round, uh, gosh, this is where my memory's faulty. I'm so mad I didn't get to watch this fight repeatedly. <laughs> but <laughs> I know there was another. Um, I know there were more ground exchanges, um, and Carlos got hit with a very nasty upkick that. I think in in real time they didn't really catch, but they I think they mentioned it in the replay. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the that up kick he got hit with definitely rocked him. You could tell like he was. I don't think he was completely out, but he was definitely. He, he wasn't all the way there. Like he, you could tell just by like the way he kind of fell over that he was, like he wasn't completely there all the way. Um, and they had another scramble. He kind of I, I think he went for the takedown kind of out of desperation because he was kind of rocked. Um, kind of left his neck open for the guillotine. Um, at one point it looked like maybe he was going to get out. Uh, Cowboy had it in pretty tight. Uh, Carlos was, you know, he, he stood in it for a while, went down to the ground, uh, had, uh, it was kind of weird because Cowboy's back, I think was, uh, or they were, they were like kind of a weird position against the cage. And I, I thought Carlos was going to maybe finagle his way out of it. Um, but Oliver, man, that, that dude is just, he is a strong welterweight. And it just seemed like just via pressure of <laughs> that guillotine. Like, it didn't even look like it was the best positioning, but, like, he was just so strong that he was able to sync it up. And, yeah, Conda taps out. And, uh, I mean, yeah, props to Oliveira. You know, good performance for him. Great win to have on your resume. Um, but as a, a Condit fan, this, this one definitely hurt. Definitely, definitely hurt my soul a little bit. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I don't else <laughs> to say about this fight. Uh, that guillotine was freaking insane. Like the the squeeze on it, because like he had like I was kind of dropped, so like his like he was literally sliding down the cage trying to escape the guillotine. Um. And Alex Oliveira refused to let it go. Probably, I was gonna say like against his better judgment because you you could burn yourself out doing that crap. He's like, no, I'm gonna just hang on to it until Leon taps because I got it, and he gets it. Yeah. Uh, it, it made for um, a very sad visual seeing bloody gub condit 
with aloe vera on top and just squeezing <laughs> as hard as he could. Yeah. And watch and watching the blood just like pour out of his head and as he got, he's squeezing. I think he what he got cut with an elbow, I think from the bottom. Uh no, uh what did he get cut he, with? Over, cut him. Yeah, over cut him, but it was like with a standing elbow or something. I okay. think. Oh no, it was when he was on top because this fight was essentially, Oliver got the takedown, kind of created enough space so he could sit up, and it would shoot, reshoot on hit uh, a, a double of his own, and then get Oliveira down, and then Oliveira would either like scramble to his feet or just like try to like hold kind of down. But that up kick. Upkick was a that was, that was the beginning of the end. Um, oh my god! Like he like the up after the up kick, like he his, his head hits the mat and then it slides, and all you see is like a the pool blood, of blood trail. Like yeah, ooh, it was that was nasty. That was. I, maybe maybe it's just the the fan in me being biased. It was like by looking at that fight, like I I want to say like Condit still has more in the tank. But then, at the same time, it's like he's he's been on a pretty bad skid as of late. Um, though I still want to see the Matt Brown fight. I feel like we're owed that. Like, I still kind of want to see that that fight happen if there's a way that can get you know rebooked. But yeah, man, Condit, man, it's it's been a it's been a hard run. Um, his last win was in 2015. Uh, if you ask me, his last win was in 2016, but you know, it's another story for another day. <laughs> but yeah, man, he got drops to Lawler, which I thought he won, but you know, whatever. Uh, got ragdolled by Maya, so the Magni fight, which he didn't really look all that great in, and then you have this fight where, I mean, he looked pretty good, but just you know, you got you got caught. And, and, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you do. Do we just run the Matt Brown as the the, the official retirement fight? Hope it actually happens this time. Or I, I'd prefer not to see. I prefer Condit leave with something in the tank. You feel me? Yeah. But that's not Condit's style. He's going to go on his shield. Um, if he has to have one more fight, I'd rather be against Matt Brown. Yeah. Uh, I, I say that's a fitting send off for both of them. Like. Uh, I, think I think that would be a, a nice, nice and violent fight for both of them to, to, and there's no way that fight wouldn't be exciting. But but didn't Brown tear his ACL or something? Oh yeah, I think that did it. Oof. So he's gone for like a year. Yeah, that might. Oof. Yeah. Who knows? Who who knows? I mean, but for on the other end, on Cowboys end, I mean, he's got some some solid wins at 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 welterweight. Um. Like I said, a really big athletic 170. Um, always a fun watch. And also impressive because he, he took this fight on, I can't remember the exact day. This was really short notice. I, I can't remember the exact how long it was. but it was I, a, I, I think Annex said 10 days. Yeah. And for 10 days short notice, that's, that's, that's a pretty good performance on, on his part. So shout outs to him for getting the W. Um, really good look on him. Great name to have on your resume always you know I, I like watching him fight as well but I'm, I'm just a really big Condit fan so this this one kind of hurt but you know it is what it is Cowboy gets the guillotine and you know life 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 goes on <laughs> I guess 
Um, going down to the next fight, another fight I was really excited to see, Israel Adesanya and uh, Marvin Vittori. Um, I, I didn't see a... Maybe I was, I don't know, maybe I'm just easily entertained. Because, like I, like I said, I didn't see this fight in real time, so like I was kind of reading Twitter updates while I was out. And, I don't know, to me, it, people made this fight seem like it was underwhelming. But I enjoyed it. Um, I think that's just because it came after, like, a whole thing of, like, really good fight finishes and yeah, stuff. I guess, like, yeah, and so good like, fights and stuff. Like, the only bad fight before this was the Okami fight. Okay, yeah, so I guess the crowd was spoiled. Because, <laughs> like, I thought this fight was, was pretty good. Like, I thought Vittori actually made it a, a pretty competitive fight. Um, definitely what he did in the third, he probably should have been doing <laughs> a bit more in the in the first and second. Um, but I, I guess I get it. He, he didn't want to just spam takedowns and get caught in that game. So I could see him, you know... He was using his hands, he was using his strikings to, to try to, you know, set up the takedown and just not be so obvious with it. But, you know, when, you, when you're fighting Adesanya, you know, if, 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 if you're going to stand with him, it might not go your way. Um, I was actually impressed with Adesanya, how, like, patient he is when he strikes. I'm, I'm pretty sure he knows he's, in, in terms of <laughs> striking, he's more talented than a lot of guys in this division. But he, he doesn't just go for the kill. He picks his shots very well. He's very economical with his strikes. Um, good defense at times. He, he got tagged a few times, but um, he, he does utilize range and distance very well. Um, he able to hit you. He's not there when you hit back. Good head movement. Good footwork. Like, kind of, I, I would say, picked his way apart to a decision up until that third where Vittori just <laughs> blitzkrieged him for the takedown and kind of worked that in there and, and took the last round. But um, I thought another solid performance from from Adesanya. I mean, definitely somebody who you know he he's definitely still has holes in his game. The the, the takedown defense is something you'll, you'll definitely want to work on, especially once you start getting to the the upper echelon of this division. Um, it is it's not really going to get any easier in terms of facing wrestlers or guys who are just really good with grappling so that's definitely something of his game but i'm pretty sure he knows that you know that's that's something he needs to work on but striking wise dude is is pinpoint sharp as always um i, I will say though with adesanya I, I i know I, I feel like he's getting some steam behind him but i don't think he's somebody they should rush up to like your you know top 15 top 10 like I said, like just let him fight bad kickboxers for a year. Right. <laughs> let him let him rank up, rack up some highlight reel, you know, fights. Let him keep getting his feet wet. Um, because uh, yeah, if you if you rush him too fast, man, you, yeah, uh, I could definitely see a lot of those fights in that top fifteen just not going his way. And uh, I also still worry that he, he seems like a very small one eighty fiver. Um, so I'm just worrying eventually if guys will just be able to just kind of muscle him around but with his level of striking he's always in a fight um and i, I gotta throw this out there where where are these john jones comparisons coming from he's long and he's black <laughs> and he has chicken legs he has chicken legs right 
Like I they, saw, I they saw look that. like anything alike. Nothing, nothing alike. There's nothing remotely similar about their games at all. Like, so if you're saying he's the next John Jones, I have to assume it's because he's black. Because there's there's, literally, there's nothing else they have in common other than the, like you said, they're they're both long and lanky and they're black. That's it. There's, there's, that's where the comparison stops. Like I like I was saying he's like a million times a better strike. Uh, not well, yeah, striker, but like boxer. Right, Jones. Then Jones, and Jones is a million times better wrestler than Adesanya, who literally like doesn't wrestle at all. So, uh, yeah, with that comparison, yeah, you, you guys, uh, you you lost me on that one. But um, solid performance from from uh, from both fighters. But Israel gets the split decision win. Very Chip, good display of striking. Somebody gave Vittori the first round. And that that person shouldn't be allowed to judge fights anymore. Yeah, I'm not yet. There were there were a couple there were a few of those these, these decisions on this card where the, like I'm I'm looking at the uh, the scorecard I'm just like what the hell are you watching? Um, well yeah, I'll let you break down this fight and then we'll get to that because the very next fight. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> like so positive. Like I was saying, uh, by virtue of working on his boxing. Like, like he for all his kickboxing accomplishments, and he's primarily a kickboxer. Like I think he had a couple. Uh, he had like six pro boxing matches in like 2015, 2014. Um, but uh, by virtue of like having a more hand focused approach to striking, Adesanya is kind of. Um, He's avoided the pitfalls that other high-level kickboxers get into when they come to MMA. Doesn't really happen to heavyweight for some reason. Not that I could think of. But like guys like Joe Schilling or um, or, or Jarena Bars, who so much of their game is ba- like, like so much of kickboxing is, um, like so much of the defense is literally just tying up with people and then waiting for the ref to break. Hmm. I think it doesn't have that problem, and it's a good thing he didn't because he'd probably get muscled around by somebody who was really strong and get taken down eventually. Um, but he he does not um, <clears throat> does not crowd himself on punches. He does not uh, close distance unnecessarily, and when he does, he, do, he does it with intent to either throw a knee or like launch an elbow or something like that. Um, dude, like dude is a brilliant. Um, sniper, he he will pick you apart uh, with ease. Uh, he was doing it to Vittori. Like, I, I didn't like how much he was getting hit with the left hand. Uh, was it the left hand? Yeah. It was, it was softball. Uh, like, he, he did get touched up a little too much from Maite, but I'm, I'm going to credit that to, you know, just getting more accustomed to the, um, to the, to the MMA. Um, what else was? Uh, there, there was, um, so kickboxing cardio, nine minute, uh, nine minute fights, does not translate into MMA <laughs> very well, because dude was gassed in that last round, and I'm kind of surprised Vittori did not just go ham and just free, just when he got on top and just throw every elbow and punch he could, because if he did, he probably would have won. Or at least you know busted the sign up a bit. He didn't really upset when he lost the decision. He, he like as soon as the decision was run, he like stormed out the cage. 
Um, like, and like you said, I, I, I'm worried that Asenia might be a little small. Which is weird to say because he's 6'3", but like, right. you know, again, chicken legs. Um, and that's like, I can't, I don't know if you can drop the 170 because he, he's not like a muscular, like, no, like yeah, dude. He's this just, would be like Pettis dropping the 145. Right. Like, you, you'd have to give up what's left of your strength to make 170. So what's, uh, at what point, where, where is the trade-off? Um I, I like I like I really like his game. I really like I really hope they you know give him the slow burn. That's not really their style though. Um, just let him fight bad kickboxers. Yeah, and like bad wrestlers like Rob Wilkinson. <laughs> well, we'll we'll see. Well, give give him the Michael Venom page treatment. Not even like just give him. Just give him like middleweight is built off mediocre kickboxers who are just too tough for their own good. Like uh, Rafael Natal, or yeah, Natal was one of those dudes. Like he was an okay-ish kickboxer who found success because one, he he could fight for like three hard rounds. A lot of middleweights can't do that. Um. And he like he, he he wasn't afraid to get dirty. He got in there and he was uh, he was just more physical than his opponent. Asanya's not like that. He's more of a finesse dude. But like, th- there's no reason for him to be fighting Dan Kelly in his next fight. You feel me? <laughs> the toughest dad of them all. Uh, granddad. <laughs> the final granddad boss. <laughs> right. Like um. I don't know who 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 who's next on this. Like you can fight the other Italian, let's say the Chirico. Who who? Uh, yeah, who just beat Bambose? Um, I was gonna say you can fight Bambose, but they got <laughs> yeah, there there are plenty of you know mid tier or even lower tier, you know, guys out there he can. Like he, there's no reason for him to go out and fight Trevin Giles. You feel me? <laughs> but I'm afraid that's the type of thing they're going to have him do. Yeah, because it seems like people are warming up to him, and you know, once that starts happening, the, the machine gets ideas, and you know, I just I don't I don't want to see Israel versus like I don't know who somebody in like the top. 15. Like I, I don't want to see Israel versus like I don't know Bosch or Tavares. Yeah, like yeah, any any of those guys. I, I don't want to see that yet. Like, like they just signed uh, Tim Williams. Let him fight Tim Williams. Or... How do you feel about him? The only other one name I thought. Uh, how do you feel about him and Uriah Hall? I mean, he, it's a fight he could win, but it's also a fight that where Uriah Hall could just take him down and beat the crap out of him. That's true. Because one thing Hall does well when it comes... Well, yeah, Hall's problem has never been his wrestling. It's always been that his striking game has never been defensively sound. So, like, uh, like dude could literally just shoot a blast double and get on top of him and beat him up. Yeah, that is true. That was the only name I could think of in, like, the top, like, 10, 15. I was like, hey, you might be able to take him. But nonetheless, still a pretty impressive performance. Um, so good win for Israel. Good learning uh, experience. Yeah. 
And that's what he needs more. Let's let's not throw him to the to the wolves yet. Yeah, um. strikers need rounds, man. Like that's really what it comes down to. Like they need rounds. They need to learn. They need to adjust. Like one of the underlooked things about Holly Holm heading into like the uh, to the Ronda Rousey fight is Ronda Rousey had like twenty five minutes of cage time up to that point in her career. Holly Holm had something like a hundred and twenty five yeah. minutes. Probably more because you know she fight, uh, she all those decisions, but like that 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 stuff adds up and it counts. So we'll yep. we'll we'll see what they what they do with him. But speaking of split decisions, and um, let's let's, let's, let's get into it. <laughs> Michelle Waterson, Courtney Casey. So I only got a chance to watch this fight once. I'm gonna watch this uh, fight this morning. Uh, when I woke up, so I'm a pretty big Waterson fan, have been since Invicta, um, but I can't lie, at the end of this fight, I was like, hmm, I'm not sure about that one, <laughs> so, I'm not quite sure about this decision. So, um, why did Michelle Waterson win this decision? So, I, I was trying to think of this, the the only thing... <laughs> The only thing I could think of, and this almost goes back to my friend's other fight the other week, but I don't even know if that applies. The one thing Waterson did do, which I, I was actually kind of impressed with, considering like Waterson, it, it almost sucks because she's so small for this division. Like she's always <laughs> at a size disadvantage. It right. seems like with anybody she fights. So I was actually kind of impressed at how she was getting takedowns. And I felt like she didn't have to work too hard for them. Like, she was grabbing single legs, and they, it, it seemed to work. So, like, she had moments where she was getting single legs, and she had moments of control on the ground. So I'm splitting hairs here, kind of <laughs> trying to figure out why or how she got the nod. So that was, that was like, the only thing I could think of. was, like, maybe are you, are you just counting positioning and takedowns more? Because if you look at the fight in terms of damage it, it was definitely all for Casey I mean she I think she rocked Waterson in the first with the right I think she caught her in the second with the same thing um Casey landed all of the the hardest shots so yeah yeah I at, when this fight was over I thought Casey won um but they gave Waterson the nod yeah other than take the takedowns and and might be the only reason I could see Waterson getting the W, but even with that is you're splitting hairs, but I mean no diss to Waterson. That it's not her job to judge the fight. You go in, you fight and whatever happens just you know, it it is what it is. Um I thought it was interesting that Casey didn't seem too angry after the decision. I I thought if anybody who would be angry and storm out, that that might have been the one. But um I think she's just used to losing close fights at this point. But yeah, that 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 yeah, I I didn't agree with the decision. You know, just trying to be fair, even as a Waterson fan. But she got the W. I guess it you know it is what it is. Um, but yeah, yeah. So like Casey struggles um controlling the fight, basically. Like she doesn't. She has no problem fighting whatever phase you're going to fight her in, except maybe like inside the clinch. 
because like she's pretty solid offensively from there, but she uh, but like control wise, she does not uh, she she does not hold it down as well. Uh, she's pretty easy to turn around, and push against the fence. Sometimes she does it herself. Like there was a point in this fight where she wanted to break away from the clinch, and instead of just you know framing and getting out, she tried to pull her arm out. And ended up like turning herself into the fence, and Watterson just like uh, turned her around, and she was all of a sudden pressing her into the fence again. So you know she she does not uh, Casey does not good uh, do a good job of controlling like situation. <clears throat> um, she does not do good. Uh, she's not very good at knowing where she is in the cage at certain times. Like she's really easy to back up into the fence if you're pressuring her. Um, but like, there's no area where she struggles, in terms of like just straight up offense, and that's what we saw today, where like, or yesterday when she was just Waterson um, early was giving her a little bit of trouble because she was, um, you know, she's really quick. But once Casey got her timing, that she was lighting her up. Like he says, he rocked her. Um, that po- that one punch, that just like turned Waterson's he- whole head around. <laughs> And the whole arena just stood up and was just like, holy crap. Um, like, and even when they went to the ground, like, it, it, it was Waterson defending arm bars or, uh, yeah, defending the triangle, trying not to get her back taken. Uh, yeah, that one sequence at the end where Casey finally learned that if you stick your hand, like, if you grab at the waist when they're going for the takedown and, like, you flatten them out, they have no power. And she's just pounding on her head. And it's like the most like severe thing. I'm struggling to I, I can't find two rounds I give Waterson. That's yeah. basically what I'm getting at. Like I thought I had Casey winning this 30-27. And and Waterson adapted beautifully. Like I'm not uh, like all, all the power to her. Like I, I'm sure her game was to come out here. And the you know outspeed uh, Casey for three rounds, maybe like work a little bit more in the clinch, but like once once she realized that Casey had her timing and her range down on um uh, on the feet, so like she switched the inside double uh, the inside single leg, got her down and like tried to work from there, just didn't work out. So, no. Uh, like, I'm too numb to be angry at it at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just one of those decisions where it's like, uh, uh, it is what it is. Um, but e- either way, Michelle Waterson gets the W, and you know whatever happened just just kind of happened. Um, so that was the main card. Jesus Christ's card is long. <laughs> I'm looking at the rest. There are a lot of fights on this card. Well, there's a lot to talk about, which is, you know, a good thing. It, yeah, no, normally, it's just like, oh, it's Joe Schmo from Iowa. Right. And, you know, he, he's he's gotten slightly better since the last time we see him. We saw him <laughs> on the, you know, UFC Fight Pass prelims for the Fight Pass card. Yeah, I would say actually for a Fox card, like, this was a good mix of, you know, there were some names on here. Like, young guys, old guys, you know. Carlos Condit. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was there was a lot going on on here. Uh so <laughs> continuing down. Uh this is the start of the um uh the prelim cards on Fox. 
Uh, so we had Antonio Carlos Jr. Um, and Tim Bush. Um, all right, so this is the part where I'm going to have to tell you guys. Uh, memory is going to start getting a little sketchy on some of these, uh, but I'll try my best to remember. I watched um, this fight this morning, and I don't remember it much. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> um, I remember, I feel like they were both throwing pretty hard, um, but once uh, uh, once Antonio got him down, like that was, was pretty much a wrap. Like, jiu-jitsu prevailed. Bosch didn't really have much of an answer for the ground game, and he got choked out. Yeah, five-fight winning streak, four by submission. Like, I don't like shoe face at middleweight. I thought he was fine at uh, light heavyweight. I think his pro- his only problem was, like, he wasn't really committed to um, the striking when he fought with Patrick Cummins. Like, he, he would tie up with Cummins and, like, force the wrestling, which he, he was going to lose at. Um Like he he looks really stiff at middleweight, and he's always looked stiff. But I think the problem is exacerbated by the fact that he's a huge dude trying to cut down to one eighty five. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah, that is a big boy. Um, I don't remember much of the striking exchanges on this fight. Like, I mean, the the fight only went one round, so it wasn't yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like a ton to. To, to digest, yeah, but like, pretty much, I don't remember the exchanges, but once it went to the ground, it was over. I mean, good on Shoe Face for not giving us a third round Bosch, because third round Bosch is a tough motherfucker. Yeah. Stop cuts and yeah. He... Did he end Yushin Okami's career? Oh, I can't see that. I can't. I mean, Okami fought on this card, so his career is still. Oh yeah, off. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Read. That's not fair. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't fair. <laughs> uh, going on down to the next fight. Um, King of Kung Fu, Musim Salikov, Ricky Rainey. Um, it's cool to see Ricky Rainey in the UFC after being over in Bellator. Um, looking, just, co- looking just as confused against a <laughs> non-traditional striker. <laughs> I didn't realize, like, is Salikov just a small world to wait or is Rainey just really big? Randy's like six. It says it says a at six one, but that seems like bull. Uh, like he he looked really tall. Yeah, Randy seemed like he really big in this fight, but um, this fight was kind of like weird almost because I I don't maybe maybe my expectations were different than what happened. Like I was just looking at the size difference and the range difference and what I'm I'm pretty sure Randy enjoyed a reach advantage i'm not sure about how much but i'm I'm positive he had a a pretty sizable reach advantage but he wasn't like as active as i thought he should have been and i don't know if he was afraid of like being countered which kind of (laughs) did end up being what put him away but yeah i don't know it was just kind of weird i I thought this fight was going to be a bit more back and forth this i mean there were moments but it, it seemed like uh it seemed like salikov was um like he was just waiting for that perfect shot to kind of just put the fight away i mean he had a few spinning techniques i think a few i think he landed a spinning back kick i think he threw a spinning back fist i'm not sure if that one landed um, it just seemed like he was waiting for like the perfect hit to kind of just end the fight and um I mean, I, I guess I can't fault him and round two what happened. Um, 
My God. So I, th I think Rainey was throwing a left. And Salikov countered with a right. And it turned Rainey's entire body around. Um, like he literally did like a 180. <laughs> like almost like face planted on the floor. Salikov catches him with like two extra ground to pound punches. And Rainey's out of there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I felt like Rainey could have. Just if he was like a bit more active, he could have made this a uh, uh, a tougher fight. Especially like by the second round, it seemed like he was really like I don't know. I don't really get what the game plan was for Rainey. Like I, I, I'm thinking Rainey might have like um Des Green syndrome. I like to call it like um where he's such a journeyman who fights like whenever like somebody gives him like the short notice that he, his whole game is built around him just like surviving. You feel me? So, like, he does as little as possible so that he doesn't get hurt. And he sees everything coming. Because if he had stuck to, like, range striking, like, the punch that he got knocked out trying to throw was a stepping hook. Um, he probably, he might have been able to take it on, like, the cards because uh, Muslim was only throwing, like, one punch at a time. Like, he, he I think... Rainey could have won this on volume if he sucked to, like, the long strikes. Because he landed a couple of them really hard. Um, I want to say he landed, like, that right hand down the middle in, like, the first round. It really caught Solikov off guard. Um, so, I'm a boy. I'm a, I, I don't know much as much about Sanda as I probably should. Like, all I know about Kung Fu is, like, during, the, like, the Cultural Revolution... All the the Red Guard really like murdered a lot of those dudes, <laughs> like the, the masters of like uh, kung fu. Um, but how many dudes do you think Solikov fought in China who were like six two, six three, and really freaking long? Right, <laughs> none of them. <laughs> like, because I, I I honestly God don't know what the the the, the um. I was gonna say like the diversity of like athletes and for like this type of thing, like I'm sure like I'm I'm sure they have like a pretty uh, like China has a pretty deep internal well of talent, but like how, like how many of them are like six two six three and like have a seventy seven inch reach or whatever? How many of them are um uh how how many of them are just bricked up short dudes like Alex Garcia? <laughs> Like so, yeah. that that was that's what I picked up from this. Like, was he, you know, did, was he adapting how the like was this his normal style or is this him adapting to like having to fight a long dude after like a career in a sport where like everybody was basically like, the same size as him? I was wondering if he was thinking maybe Rainey was gonna do more, and he was just like, oh yeah, and have like more opportunities to counter and stuff. Right, that, that's possible too. Like Rainey was short notice, right? Yeah, he yeah. I think his was a pretty short notice too. Uh oh, he was supposed to fight Alasan. Well, that makes sense. Um, I, I I'm reluctant to call it a great performance, though. I think it's a good win, especially since like his first fight went so crap. Yeah. For him, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a solid win, but I'm not like 
I'm not, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not like the Adesanya fight where, like, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to see what this guy does next. Right. I'm just kind of like, all right, it was a good win. Nothing but, to take away, you know, I'm not trying to take a slight at him, but it's kind of like, yeah, it was cool, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but, right. um, yeah, not not a, a ton to, to dissect in that fight. It was kind of weird, but an awesome finish, though, nonetheless. Like, he literally turned Rainey's body around. So <laughs> it was a, it was a really well timed uh, punch. So uh, awesome finish nonetheless. Um, going on down, continuing uh, next fight, flyweight division: John Moraga, Wilson Hayes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I almost I almost I don't know why. Well, I know I do know why. So I watched this fight this morning. And I I went on YouTube and I typed in Chicano John and I was almost just gonna listen to a Chicano John track while this fight was on, but I didn't do it. I mean, does he have actual like like songs well, the, that are his? Because I know the, he has the feature. Well, yeah, the one I saw yeah was the 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 Kane and O Dog, which featured other rappers I don't know and cannot name at this point. Um, Chicano John. <laughs> I, I can't remember the other guy's name. I was almost gonna put. I was almost gonna put one of those tracks on and just listen to it while the fight was on, but um. Ride motherfuckers I, I, like Kane, smoke motherfuckers <laughs> like O Dog. Yeah. Oh wait, they, they, wait, I see, I see some other Chicano Jog tracks, but they're with Kane and O Dog. Can uh, you believe John Moraga and Henry Cejudo were best friends growing up? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you gotta, you gotta have a well balanced, you know, well rounded circle of friends. <laughs> I'm pre- I'm pretty sure John Moraga's dad trained Henry Cejudo until he was on the Olympic team. Oh man, ah, oh, that's the next reality show, you know. Moraga Cejudo and then uh, Northcutt and, and Woodley. That's that's it, man. Because Henry Cejudo seems like a dude, like straight up, like um PR school. <laughs> He's just always excited to be there. <laughs> But um, in terms of the fight, um, I was actually really, really, I like this. The fight was actually really fun to watch. Um, pretty nonstop. Um, really like what Moraga did a lot of this fight. Uh, he looked really good in the first round. Um, at least for a portion of evading takedowns, he was getting in, getting out. Um, he was touching Hayes up on the feet pretty well. Um, throughout this fight, uh, Hayes pretty relentless with pressure. Um, continuously going for takedowns, uh, also landing some, but I, I think Mar- Moraga was just kind of just able to dish out more damage. I don't think Hayes had a ton of answers on the feet as to where Moraga was landing a pretty good barrage of strikes. Um, I want to say, was it the second round? He caught Hayes with a flying knee. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and Hayes I, I was, just ate it. Yeah. <laughs> Props to Hayes. Cause that that knee was 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 pretty flush, um, but he, he caught Hayes with a flying knee. Moraga just had a lot of just like good moments in this fight, and Hayes, you know, while he was able to get takedowns, I just I don't think he was able to really deal out uh, a ton of damage as to where Moraga just like I said when the, when the, when it was on the feet, Moraga was definitely getting the better um, of the exchanges, and he ended up winning a decision. Uh, unanimous 29-28, but really good fight, fun fight from both, pretty high-paced, back-and-forth fight, um, 
And a, a pretty, pretty solid win from Rock. A good, good performance from him. Why isn't he called Chicano Juan? <laughs> Maybe that's just taking it too far. <laughs> I was hoping that the spelling would be different somehow. I don't know why. <laughs> like Chicano would have a K instead of a C. I don't know. <laughs> But um, no, like, I, so one of the things they said during the broadcast was like he that the dude showed up at the performance center like a year or a year ago, and could barely walk, and that was pretty concerning because that's like right after the uh, the Pettis fight, uh, where he he looked like I don't want to say shot, but like that was one of the best performances of Pettis' career, and now we know the reason. Um, so like he looked like he looked. He's looked pretty good, like over the past year, um, since like going to the performance center and like having them help him retool and everything, because like he looks quicker on the feet. Because that's the, that's always been like my big knock on John Moraga. Like in the division where you have like Demetrius Johnson and John uh, Dodson and like Scoggins and Joseph Benavides and Pettis and like Mateus Nicolau, like you have to be really quick on the feet. Like, and he has never been like a really standout like next level athlete like you need to be to be a top top flyweight. Like he's always kind of just met up for it with grit and just a, a solid fundamental, um, you know, striking and like submission game, and uh, and um, offensive wrestling. So, but, but he looked really really solid here. Um, besides getting taken down and you know getting his back taken like twice in the same round. Um. Uh, he looked quicker on the feet than ever. Like the uh, the punch speed, like the movement were uh, better than ever. Um, Shouser wasn't Hayes because good God, just eating it on the chin like that. Because <laughs> he because he was he was getting hit heavy um, on the feet. So, and, uh, he he ate that like a champ. A lot of people would have. A lot of people that fight probably would have been over right after that. Yeah, and that 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 could have turned into a highlight KO really easily, but I'm I'm happy John won it too because like this is the type of fight where like you can see like five years ago Hayes would have got the decision. Yeah, and quietly Moraga's on a three fight one streak. Yep, not so, good enough to beat the top five, but he's good enough to be number six. Yeah, so good one for Chicano John. I had kneeing people in the head. Um, continuing down. Brad Tavares, Christoph Jocko. Um, I'm trying to trying to remember this fight a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I remember like it was weird because I, I felt like Jocko was moving around a lot but not doing a ton. That sounds meanwhile, like Jocko. <laughs> yeah, me, meanwhile, Tavares wasn't moving much. Like he was just like slowly plotting forward. But still getting the better of exchanges. He was uh, landing that uh, leg kick a lot. Um, he landed a few power shots. I don't remember. I don't remember a lot of this fight in in a ton of detail. Like it was just weird to watch because based on off of Jocko's movement, you would think he was just, you know, ready to pounce at any time. But it was more Tavares just stalking him, walking him down, and slowly picking him apart. And then in the the third, he 
blasted this man <laughs> with, with the right and just kind of took his soul. Yeah, off and, that. Uh, yeah, so Jocko was throwing the really ugly uppercut with the chin up in the air. And Tafari just counted the crap out of it. Because <laughs> he had shown it to him, like, the entirety of the fight. So, uh, for, by the way, um, that was Tavares' first stoppage since UFC 125, where he stopped Phil Baroni. Oh. Yeah, so it's been a while. Yeah, that's a name you don't... <laughs> you don't hear that often. But, um... I feel like Tavares has quietly been on the street, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let me make it. Let's see. Yeah, that's four in a row. Four in a row, huh. So, shout out to Tavares. And he's actually, I think they mentioned it during the broadcast, like, he's been in the game for a while. He's only 30, but yeah, he's been fighting in the UFC since, like, 2011? Yeah, 2010? He's, he's, he's been around for a while. So, and I mean, to be honest, most of his losses outside of, uh... Aaron Simpson, he's only lost to pretty like top guys like even Romero. Aaron, like even Aaron Simpson was like, we had back then, yeah. So a solid, solid dude. So so yeah, he he's beat solid competition. He's only lost to pretty much the top guys, and Romero, Bosch, and, and Whitaker. Um, so I mean, none of those are losses to be ashamed of. So I can't remember who said it on Twitter, but like somebody said, if you were to put all the UFC middleweights ever on the like on the line. From like best to worst, Tim Bosch would probably be like the medium. Yeah, I can see that. He's right there. Like if you're, he's a tough test. He's a tough out. If you can get past him, then it means you know you you might you might have something. Someone else also called him the toughest dad at the barbecue. Definitely, I would I would agree. That dad uppercut you, you're out of here. You're right. off the grill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's definitely sending you home off the grill with that. <laughs> um, so shout outs to to Brad DeFares. Um oh, let me plug in my laptop before I have another incident over here. Um <laughs> shout outs to Brad Tavares, um pretty good TKO stoppage. Uh next fight, Gilbert Burns and Dan Ray. Um I remember a lot of power shots in this fight. Wait, like, there were 14 fights on this freaking card? Yeah, <laughs> so I told you this card was crazy long. Like, there were a lot of fights on this card. Oh, my God. Um, But, I mean, a, a lot of these next couple, um, I feel like you don't have to spend a, not too long on them because we got, we got some, some stoppages and, yeah, but, but, you know. Some but, funkiness. Yeah. Uh, Burns and Murray, this is actually a pretty fun fight. Um, I feel like both of these dudes were just literally throwing power shots. Um, Burns was landing that body kick a lot, uh, pretty hard. Um, Rhett was firing back. It was literally just them throwing power shots. Uh, Burns, who I know has great or, or pretty good grappling, didn't really use it at all in this fight. This was, I think, this stood up pretty much the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in round two, um, Burns unleashes. I want to say a right. Uh, on Dan, and that was a wrap. <laughs> um, um, was this the KO where I think he caught him with the right, and dude just kind of like fell with his knee, just kind of slumped? Oh yeah, he, and, he fell and rested <laughs> on his knee. Yeah, and like Burns didn't even attempt to follow up. He just kind of walked away and knew it was over. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it, this was actually this was actually a pretty fun fight. Like I said, it, it was just power shots and power shots uh, until you know one was not able to power shot anymore. <laughs> so that that has Burns on a, a two fight winning streak. Is it two or three? Uh, two. The other one was uh, what's the guy's name? Sam Sample? Not Sample. Um, Mikael Pizarro's. There we go. Well, no, he lost to Pizarro's. He beat oh Sago, Jason Sago. Right. Um. So Burns continues to look better with like his hands. Like it's still not all there yet. Like um, he like you said, he still only throws power punches. Uh. But like his striking is like coming along way better than like back in the day where he was just basically um, I don't know, spamming punches. Now he's spamming punches with a purpose. Um. Okay, Murray. Uh, real quick, Murray did a really good job for like a dude coming up on like short notice and like getting signed and having the fight. A pretty damn good talent, like. Like Gilbert Burns, like again, like lightweight, so deep, guys get lost in the shuffle. Like when Gilbert Burns got signed, he was like a blue chip prospect. All right. Like he's a jujitsu like champion. He's he's Vitor Belfort's jujitsu coach. He was for at least for a while. Um. Like just, I I don't know how how he goes at lightweight. I think he'd have probably more success at like welterweight because like the. This fight was originally supposed to be him and um, Lando Venata, but uh, it was rescheduled from a previous belt, uh, a previous card, I think, where like Burns, that like was like thirty pounds overweight when he got there. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, well, not thirty pounds. But, you know, oh wait, it, oh he was supposed to fight Mercier at UFC on Fox Twenty Eight, but um. They were both pulled for the card because Burns was deemed like too heavy to cut weight. Which, if I'm, I'm yeah, no, I thought it was in California. Uh, so I guess it was just, I guess that's just countrywide now, because that was in Florida. Huh. But anyway, like Burns was like too high above weight for them, to, the, the doctors, to feel safe for him to cut to 156. So they just called the fight off. So like, it's not like he's short. He's like, he's five ten. Like he he could compete at. Walter Way, I feel like. Um, and he'd probably be a hell of a lot quicker. He, and he's quick now, so. That's a yeah, solid win for for him. I'm gonna say, and 170 has grapplers, and he, he's got that skill set, so I assume that would translate Yep. if he if he goes up. Two um, knockout wins in a row for Burns on the feet. Right. Big deal. Speaking of knockouts, I, I'm on my Facebook timeline, and I see uh, Mr. Fish and... Um, the fight club <laughs> i don't know if this is footage from that classroom but <laughs> oh boy america I'm, I'm mad none of the kids called them out for a fight as far uh, as we well, know with this fight that i'm seeing i don't think these kids should have called them out um, oh wait they have footage are you kidding uh, the, 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 yeah this this uh video that i'm watching there is this looks bad this looks terrible. I, I feel like I'm contributing to the downfall of mankind by even watching this. Dude. I'll send, I'll send it to you on Facebook. <laughs> world, world star is already a thing, man. Like, we are way past the point of the downfall of civilization. So. Oh, that's funny, because actually I had a, 
memories Facebook posts. Uh, so yesterday in like 2011, I officially cleansed myself of World Star. <laughs> oh, and here I God. was going to suggest that me and you do commentary over World Star videos. Oh no, I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. Every time I watch World Star, I feel like a terrible human being. But I just sent you footage of this video that just popped up on my timeline. But uh, this next fight. What the heck? Uh, this is like this is a flat <laughs> fight. That's like they they couldn't have challenged him to a fight. I don't think it would have went too well. Shoot a double leg, damn it! <laughs> this wasn't really a fight club. It was it was a lot of aggressive slapping um, <laughs> going on. But uh, this next fight. Matter of fact, uh, no, I take that back. Uh, Koika Carnage was right. MMA has ruined street fighting. Because everybody just shoots for shitty double legs instead of like trying to go for wrestling moves. Oh man, this next fight, Lord Amelia. Yeah, yeah, Lord. Terrible. <laughs> Wait, were these? I thought these were like high school kids. This dude's saying like they're eleven. Yeah, dude, I mean, I, I would hope you're not in high school fighting like that. That is not a recipe for victory. <laughs> These kids deserve to be bullied. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! That I saw the middle. I saw the middle, the middle schoolers, and in the world. Hope you guys are doing all right. <laughs> Next fight. Look with middle schoolers. They all fight like that. It's hilarious. Oh, it's just had some very aggressive slapping. Uh, next fight, Lauren Mueller, Mueller, I cannot say her last name, Mueller, uh, and Shayna Dobson, um, see, I want to keep saying Mueller, because that's how, they, that's how uh, Bob Moore spells his name, or pronounces his name, but, it, yeah, it's Mueller, yeah. and it's um, Shauna. Oh, I bet, Shauna Dobson. Yeah, <laughs> um, that threw me off, too. <laughs> So this was, I think, Mueller's debut. I want to say. Uh, yes, she um, was one of the the. I think she was the only woman so far signed off of um, the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. See, I feel bad for not remembering this fight because I remember watching it and I felt like it was a pretty good fight. Oh, it was a great fight. Yeah, I remember Dobson was definitely working off the jab a lot. Um, I remember she ended up with a bloody nose somehow. I'm really mad I don't remember like the because this was a really good fight. Like I just I I only watched it once and it didn't help that it was a prelim fight, so it was one of the first ones I watched, which means it's pushed to the back of my mind. Um, <laughs> but I just I remember this being a really good back and forth scrap. It was like it was a really good showing from both of them, and I just I, but I don't remember like the the finer details of of how this fight went. Um. So first off, uh. uh Sha uh, Shauna, Shauna Dobson. I was really impressed with her first win over was it Ariel Beck. Yeah. Um, you know she shows some power. She shows some pop. She shows like the ability to turn her hits over into a punch, which um kind of rare in like a young fighter, woman, man or woman, um in MMA because they don't learn like proper punching mechanics. They learn MMA punching mechanics, which is just sloppy punching mechanics. 
that people think translates better than it actually does. But, um, like, here she looked like a completely different fighter. Because, like, in her first fight, she looked, like, not slow-footed and, like, plotting, but, like, her, her style of attack was definitely more, um... Oops, uh... crap was uh, I'm trying to think of like a fighter who's like a plot like I guess a John Lineker mm. like where he just you know come forward uh, get in your face uh, march it down a little bit but like um, here she was flowing like just like flowing flowing which is crazy because I think this is her fourth or third or fourth professional fight and she looked like a natural um she uh she hurt um Mueller Mueller she hurt Mueller in the in the third round going to the body with a uh, like a straight right to the body uh followed up with a whole bunch of body punches and kicks and almost uh, like didn't get the stoppage but like she she was doing like her damnedest to get it um but uh, Mueller had her on like volume and aggression that's what really came down to like. She um, <clears throat> she was stringing together punches and uh, and kicks really well, like uh, feeding like kicks to like open up the overhand uh, right. Um, it's a really good fight actually. Like so, like again, you wouldn't think these two women only had eight fights between them heading into this one. Yeah, both look. Yeah, they were definitely both very like well polished. And hint to the hint, if you guys have Fight Pass, this is on there. That's how I watched it, so definitely give that one a watch. Um, mm. So yeah, shout out to Mueller. Got a win in your debut. Um, I forgot, is this Flyweight? Is this Flyweight? Oh yeah, Flyweight. That was Flyweight, yeah. There we go. So more talent at Flyweight, always a good thing. Um, interested to see how this division will continue to build, but good on good on Lord. Uh, Mueller, definitely good addition to the division. Uh, so, that fight, uh, she won by a unanimous decision. Uh, next fight, there's honestly not a lot to really talk about. Uh, Yushin Okami, Diego Lima. Somehow, Yushin Okami is that welterweight. That's still weird to me. But, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of wrestling, from what I remember. Actually, you know what, to be honest, I think I'll fast forward to see some of this fight. I don't remember this fight at all. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of wrestling and him just beating Diego up on the ground. And mm. Okami's a huge welterweight, you know. So on and so forth. That went on for three rounds. That that fight happened. So good good win for Okami. Um, uh, this next fight. Great. <laughs> awesome finish uh, on this next fight. Um, but I'm about to butcher both of these names. Adam Wazorik. Vich. Vish, yeah, something like that. Vizurek. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, I think they do WZ with them. Vizurek, something. That that gentleman. <laughs> and Arjun Bueller. That's really pronounced Bueller? I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> Arjun, is Arjun Singh is either Bueller or Bilar, um, who I think was the first fighter to ever wear a turban coming down. Yep. He said that. Yeah, so. Actually, it was funny because. This was the first fight I did see, and that was actually the first thing I saw. Like, literally, I just saw his interest in him walking down the turban. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I don't think I've ever seen that before. So, um, Ardon actually looked good in the first round. Like, he was 
landing some pretty heavy shots on the feet. Um, I actually thought he should have kept it standing, or maybe just if you're gonna maybe just not trade in the middle, like just work him up against the cage and beat him up because he was landing a lot of power shots against the cage. Um, but like he would hit he would hit Adam with a hard one and then just like take him down and beat him up. Um, so he he did really he looked really good in the first round. Um, and from what I remember, he was looking pretty good in the second, but, um, man, Adam caught him with a beautiful Oma Plata. I can't remember how they got to the ground. All I remember is, I don't remember what Arjan was trying to do. I just remember, like, Adam, like, <laughs> he, like, pushed his head down with, like, his right hand, and then he lifted his leg like over his shoulder to like get the Oma Plata set up if I'm even describing this right my memory's a bit fuzzy but like I just I remember watching the setup and I, like Arjan's face was down he couldn't even I don't think he could even really see what was going on like once his face got pushed down and then um Adam sunk the Oma Plata in and like once he like got up and put pressure on it like he pretty much tapped immediately um it was a beautiful Oma Plata. Great comeback win because I think he, he was definitely losing that fight. Um, but, hey, man, he, he took advantage of a quick opportunity and it, it got him the W. So, um, shout-outs to Adam. I'm not sure how many Oma Plata <laughs> submissions there have been in the UFC. I'm pretty sure it's not that many. Um, I think it's the second. Yeah, so shout-outs to him. And that was, that was a way to, way to have your wits about you and, you know, you know, be be ready for the opportunity when it presents itself. Yeah, but like like, let me just call him Bueller, Bueller, Arjun. There we go, Arjun. Uh, Arjun uh, looked really great. Like, well, great in in heavyweight terms, I guess. Um, like he rocked Adam on the feet, took him down with ease. Did not pass though, which I thought was a mistake. Like, you don't have to go all the way to side control, but like getting into like half guard uh, like half yeah like half guard Pro uh, like always your best bet as a heavyweight um I, I, I like you ever get the feeling like like th these big dudes in the gym just don't go through all the same like situations that other guys go through I mean smaller guys are probably not trying to roll with them or do all that so <laughs> yeah, 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 you're limited by like level of athleticism. Yeah. Of the, the one guy in your gym who weighs 250 pounds, <laughs> but like the, the way Bueller was fighting that whole sequence, where like uh, Vizorek uh, was uh, like threw his leg over the top of his shoulder, and then you know pushed it past his face, and like Bueller looked straight up like he had never seen that before. Like, I'm just sitting here wondering, has he never had someone try to omoplata him in the gym? And I wouldn't be surprised if the answer is no. You feel like, it just seems like there's like a gap in, in what happens when he's when these guys train sometimes. Either that or he like was able to muscle out of it and he wasn't able to muscle out of it here because of, uh, Adam was just so damn long. Yeah. But yeah, that was a really, that was a really, really dope finish. Yeah. Um, so 
Shout out to Adam. Um, but shout out to Arjun too. Like I, um, you know, any anybody who does remotely good at heavyweight, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing again. Like I said, he he showed a lot of flashes of things that he can do that are that I think will work well for him in this division. You know, just maybe more experience. You know, he'll get better with time. But pretty pretty good, uh, entertaining heavyweight fight. Um, next fight, ah, I feel so bad about I don't remember this, and I I feel like this was a really good fight too. Um, Alejandro Perez and Matthew Lopez. I don't remember like this fight at all. Um, Perez stops Lopez in the second round. Um, okay, if I remember right, Lopez was like outworking Perez for most of the first round. Like managed to take him down. Guys, I think this is the one where he got his back. Like in the yeah, I think he got his back in like the first round twice. And, like, Perez had to fight out rear naked choke attempts. Um, the second one was, like, mostly on the feet. And uh, I don't remember the exact sequence that puts him down. Or, no, the fight was stopped on the feet. I believe. If I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. He, uh, I think, caught him with a knee. Uh, this is... Let me just watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember the the last like sequence. I'm pretty sure it was a, it was a knee going on somewhere in there. Uh, yeah, that's not based on anything. I just I, I rem I vaguely remember the knee. Um, but big win for per uh, Perez. Who? How many in a row is that? Like four. Nine. Lopez still ranked? Uh, no. He wasn't. I just don't think he is. He shouldn't be. Yeah, that's three in a row for Perez. And that's pretty solid competition. One Jiri Alcantara. And Sukumtat. And Sukumtat. So, yeah, that's a good good win on him. Oh, wait. Finish. Found it. Oh. I found it. Hey. Uh, that's a long one. Um. Like, the finish kind of just happens out of, like, nowhere, if I remember right. Yeah, there's the knee, second knee, third knee, uh, and then he follows it up with punches, third knee. Oh, were they, were they against the cage? Yeah. Okay, okay. Fourth I, I, knee, I fifth knee, sixth knee. <laughs> like, if the fight's still on. <laughs> right. Oh, then he, he rocks him with a jab, rocks him with another jab, one, two, body punch, uppercut punch and then the ref is like nah that's enough you're done probably could have stopped that at like the fifth knee <laughs> but like Lopez was hurt but he wasn't like he was still in the fight he was still like facing Perez uh, still trying to move away keep like reestablish himself so good win for Perez yeah, that's a pretty solid streak of pretty solid competition um, against him uh, for him and the last fight on the card, uh, Luke Sanders and Patrick Williams. Um, another fight I remember being entertained by, but I don't remember the finer details. Um, I want to say I feel like Luke was winning pretty handily in the first two. I think Patrick rocked him in the third, or at least caught him with like one good one. That kind of like made him back up a little bit. Well, he was catching with like the random counter every once in a while. Um, that landed really, really hard. But like this point pointed out to me more than the Sukumsat knockout. Um, like when Sanders tries to like pressure, 
and he starts going into like one two punch mode. Dude, dude overextends himself a lot, and he leaves himself open to counters. And Patrick Williams cracked him real hard a couple of times. Um, but honestly, I think Williams could have won this fight if he was more active. But he's like one of those, he's one of those dudes who's just so athletic that he's used to um having to throw everything into every like what he does to hmm. to, to knock people out. Hmm. <clears throat> well. Good, uh, good win for Luke. Glad he... I can't remember. Did he win or lose his last? He lost his last two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He lost two. Uh, Seek him tired. I was just happy Becky Lynch was there. I don't remember this. She was at... Oh. She was at ring, uh, Kate's side. Oh. Why did I click on Luke Sanders' record? Now I see Maximo Blanco's name, and now I'm just angry. <laughs> How is Maximo Blanco not in Ryzen yet? Or is he in jail? I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you. Who knows, who knows where Blanco is in the, in the, in the world <laughs> right now. But, um, yeah, so that was actually the entire card. Uh, you'll see on Fox 29, Poirier versus Gaethje. Um, really long card, but pretty good card overall, though. Like, you got some good finishes. Um, you got to see some, like I said, Young guys, old guys, tough dads who can knock you out at the barbecue. Or, or he lost, but he was there anyway. But, <laughs> you know, and a very violent main event that lived up to the hype. So um, this is a pretty solid card overall. Um, definitely one to go back and watch, especially if you missed the Poirier-Gaethje fight. Definitely go back and uh, and check that out. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty good card, pretty solid card. Uh, so what is it next week? We got uh, Kevin Lee and um, uh, Barbosa mm -hmm. with Swanson uh, Edgar card. too. Oh, I don't know how I feel about them rebooking that fight. I don't know how I feel about. Well, I know how I feel about it. I'd, I'd be fine with the rebooking if it didn't happen, like uh, six, seven weeks after Frankie got his brain rattle. Right. Yeah, like it seems like a pretty quick turnaround. But I mean, this card has some some pretty decent fights. Like I said, main event: Lee Barboza, Edgar Swanson, uh, Thiago Santos, and the Goat David Brant. <laughs> uh, Brett Johns, Aljamain Sterling, got Jim Miller and Dan Hooker, Alex Garcia, who I think we mentioned earlier, fighting Ryan Lafleur. Um, oh, Sire's on this card. Haven't seen him in a while. Uh, so yeah. Oh, Corey Anderson. <laughs> Patrick Cummins, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like it's just like a pretty, pretty solid card. So uh, that's going down. Uh, Bellator is next card, which I will be reluctant to watch. Um, that's but, not for a couple weeks. Twenty seventh. It'll, it'll be here pretty quick. And then we get three weeks off from um from between UFC uh, Sw uh not Swanson Lee Bar uh, Barbosa and uh, UFC. Whatever pay per view is next. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure there'll be more shenanigans to talk about. Oh, I did not know Pico was on this card. Oh, no. Pico's on the Bader card. Hold on. I'm on the wrong one. Hello? Yeah, you can't hear me? Hello? All right, people. We are back again for the third time. Um, <laughs> this time my computer didn't quit. My internet connection quit. Go Comcast. 
Um, so yeah, we pretty much uh, covered the card, and then we got fights going down next week. We'll have a break, but there'll be Bellator. There'll, there'll be stuff going down in between uh, for us still. So uh, that was pretty much all the fights and everything that went down this weekend. Uh, so as always, before we close out, uh, parting shots and shout-outs. Uh, so I have one shout-out and one shot. Uh, so shout-outs, uh, just a quick note that I saw this morning. Uh, on this day, 71 years ago, April 15th, 1947, uh, Jackie Robinson broke down the color barrier, becoming the first African-American to play in Major League Baseball. Uh, so, you know, shout-outs to, to him. And uh, parting shot. Uh, parting shot goes to an article that I saw. Um, I think I read this this morning, and it was um, it it, it rose an eyebrow to say the least. <laughs> so uh, my parting shot goes to low kick MMA. Uh, the writer is Matt McNulty. Um, and the article is entitled, entitled, Eight UFC Hype Trains Who Fizzled Out Quick. And um, I had to throw a shot at this article, because uh, Mr. McNulty, no, 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 nothing personal. But I have to call shenanigans uh, on some of these names. Um, so real quick, I'm going to run down the list. So this is the list, uh, according to this article, of eight UFC hype trains that fizzled out quick. Alright, so coming in at number eight, we got Sage Northcutt. Number seven, Houston Alexander. Number six, Francis Ngannou. Number five, Uriah Hall. Number four, Mike Perry. Number three, Vulcan Ozdemir. Number two, Paige Van Zant. Number one, Ronda Rousey. So, really the only name on this list that I can... You know what, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to be generous. The only name I can kind of agree with on this list, maybe I'll say wholeheartedly, is Uriah Hall. I'll be generous, and I'll give you Paige Vincent. I might even be generous and give you Sage Northcutt. But, but even that's being generous. I don't remember enough of Houston Alexander's career to care. Um, <laughs> no disrespect to him. I don't know what your definition of a hype um, train, or or not even hype train, just, well, I don't know what your definition of fizzling out is. Um, I'm not, I wasn't even a Ronda fan. I did not like Ronda much at all, to be honest. Um, Ronda did not fizzle out quick. Like, Ronda was on top she was the best bantamweight on earth, <laughs> like since her strike force days, and well into her UFC days until she met Holly Holm. And sure, you can say like after the Holm fight, she went quiet, came back, got blasted by Nunes. So I mean, yeah, her her fall, you know, the the fall was pretty vicious, but I can't say like her hype train fizzled out when you were you ruled the division for the entire time pretty much until your first loss. I don't think that counts as a hype train fizzling out when you dominated for so long. Um, 
Uzdemir, definitely shenanigans on this, when Uzdemir was sleeping everybody <laughs> until he got a title shot, and he was beating top 10 opponents, so I, I gotta call shenanigans on that, and he, like, he's still around, so how can we say he fizzled out when he's still active and he's still fighting, and the way 205 works, he's just not in Chile. Right. <laughs> just not in Chile. <laughs> but he's still like he's still around. And still within the mix of a two oh five title shot with the way that division works. You only need a few wins and you you're right back up there. So shenanigans on that. Um I know I said I was gonna be generous and give you Paige Van Zant, but I'm gonna have to also call shenanigans on here because if I remember correctly in the article you said that um, she's not the world beater we thought she would be. Now, maybe this is just, maybe it's just me. I never looked at Paige Van Zant as a world beater. Um, I understood why they were hyping her, you know, pretty face, a talented fighter, not the best, but, you know, still talented. I get it. If she wins a few fight, this is definitely somebody you can see the machine pushing behind and getting behind, but I don't, maybe it's just personal on my end did never saw Paige Van Zandt as a world beater. And I think within her last few fights, it's pretty much been confirmed that she's not a world beater. Definitely got to call shenanigans on Francis Ngannou when he was decapitating everybody and his only loss, uh, well, his only UFC loss, is to one of the best heavyweights of all time. I don't think that constitutes saying that your hype train fizzled out like... Are we it's like the point that also he knows, but like really, also went to decision with Stipe, and then hasn't had like he lost, since he lost the BDS. Right, so it's like I don't like that 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 Engano is a reach, like a reach of epic proportions. Mike Perry, I I don't know. Maybe a lot of people thought he was. I never thought Mike Perry was gonna win, especially because he. I didn't he wasn't going to win. Like He wasn't going to get a, a title anytime soon because of the way he fights. And I, I don't think he seems like he's going to adjust his fighting style. Like he's, it, to a lesser degree, he takes the Gaethje approach of kill or be killed. But I don't think he has as many tools as Gaethje does, which makes it more the reason why I never saw him as, you know, I don't know, maybe I kind of get, uh, I think even that one's a bit of a, a reach, though. So I I I kind of get what you're going with there. People were behind him. Everybody liked him because he was knocking everybody out. But yeah, so some of these were reaches, man. These were pretty. These were far reaches. If if there were some names who should have been on this list, uh, Eric Silva. That's that's a hype train that definitely fizzled out. Uh, we talked extensively before recording. It pains me to say this. Brandon Vera would probably be like number one. <laughs> on that list of hype trains that like fizzled out even though he's a champion and won but if if anybody remembers the height of his UFC career like this guy was supposed to be the next like he he was going to be that dude like I I still vividly remember him beating the crap out of Frank Mir and I was like oh man this guy is he's, he's just going to kill everybody and that, that didn't happen um shout outs to god I can't remember the other uh, there was another article I found that was the same concept as this, but it was written back in 2012 that I think had a lot better names on it. Like I said, names like Eric Silva, the Brandon Vera, Hatsu Hioki. Um, 
once upon a time they had Dustin Poirier, but he's kind of erased that. He's turned his entire career around. Um, yeah, man, this, this article was a reach. So shot to you, sir, man. Shot to you, sir. Um, you you reach it. <laughs> <laughs> there were there were a lot of fantastic four reaches on this man. Ronda Rousey, there's no way. Like I said, I'm not even a Ronda fan. I did not really like Ronda at all. She that that's not a hype train that fizzled out. Like, yeah, she got head kicked into oblivion, but she dumb. That doesn't erase for how long that she was on top and was like pretty unbeatable and fought all of the top competition that was available. So. Those are my parting shots and shout outs. Um shout, shout out to um what is it? Uh Ryota Murata, who defended his uh his middleweight title over in boxing, knocked out some dude, um Emmanuel uh Blandamora and like how many rounds was it? Like eight. Um probably gonna fight Billy Joe Saunders. Before, uh, if he wins that, I I, I I see him fighting um, Canelo or Bluffkin eventually. Because he, he seems like the type that wants to. Um, as to Amanda Serrano, who made her MMA debut this past Friday for uh, on Univision with uh, Combat Americas, uh, she she didn't lose, she didn't win, she uh, she was she fought to a draw. She won the first two rounds and then got taken down the third and kind of got beat on for a 10-8. Um, so, you know, back to the drawing board. Not bad, because I think she started training like seven months ago. So, you know, not bad. Uh, all things considered. Um, you know, shout-outs to Germany and Egypt, apparently, because they're, they're holding us down. and Right. <laughs> Uh, Germany, the country with no MMA. <laughs> hey, they got they got to get the news somewhere. Or, I'm sorry, I should say no televised MMA. Hmm. It, guys, drop us like a, a an email or something. Cause I, I want to know how and why you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, because like I actually saw, I, I don't remember. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to put your full government name out there. We got a new like on the page from somebody who was from like New Zealand or the Netherlands. I'm getting my places mixed up. But, um... Yeah, so I saw that last Ooh. night. I was like, hmm, that was interesting. Got, I got some overseas love going on. So, yeah, man, if you're from, like, Cairo, Egypt, or one of these places in, in Germany, really wherever, man, send some emails, drop a comment on the Facebook page. Um, send us in some questions, man. Podcast at yahoo.com. Send us some questions. We can answer you on the show. Um, I can't remember the guy's name because I'm not – I don't have the Tumblr app on my phone, so I'm, I miss a lot of notifications. But I saw somebody had tagged right. us and asked us a question about uh, the Joe Logan. Oh, uh, that was um, right, right, right. Uh, I'll pull it up right now because I know he's, I, I know who he is. It's uh, Garbanza. Yeah, shout out to you, sir, for the. Actually, what, what was the question? We can. Just, yeah, I know, he, I know he, you answered it, but uh, let's uh, let's we got the question. We can we can give him an answer. Uh, um, his question was, do you think uh, John Lo, uh, Joe Lozon would make a good for a good talent scout? Um, still employed by UFC. But he doesn't have to take any more damage. And uh, <laughs> the second question was, do you think uh, knowing Yao fighters would have a better fan, uh, more fan support if they spoke more English? Um, well, to answer both, yeah, I, I definitely, I think Lozon will excel at anything he does out, outside of 
the case if it's still, you know, MMA-related. But y'all could definitely see him being a talent scout. I mean, this is a guy who's, he's he's fought the who's who. <laughs> the man has, like, 80 performance bonuses. I'm pretty sure he, he has a good idea of, you know, like, what it takes to make it to that next level if guys are looking to come up from smaller promotions to the UFC. I'm pretty sure he'll be able to to pick those guys out. So, yeah, I think that would definitely be a, a good look for him. Um, so, yeah, I, I would definitely say, yeah, Lozon would definitely be pretty good at that. Um, and for the second question in regards to Nova Unio, uh for me, this I don't really care about this, but I feel like not even just for fighters at Nova Unio, I, I feel like it's almost a foreigner thing in general <laughs> that for... for I'm not gonna say for whatever reason. Like I, I guess I get it, but for me, it I don't really care about your language barrier. As long as you got a translator, I, I'll figure out what you're talking about. But I, I guess to to make it in the states and become a star over here, yeah, you, you probably, you know, having some kind of hold of the English language would probably play that probably play pretty good into your favor. Um. I, I guess in regards to like fighters from Brazil and Nova Unia, like I, I've always been puzzled at how Aldo wasn't like a mega star in his reign, but you know he was a guy who didn't. I, I can't even say he didn't speak much English. I feel like he just didn't really talk much at all. Like <laughs> <laughs> Aldo barely spoke Portuguese. Like he just, he just didn't really talk. He came in the cage, he leg kicked you to oblivion, he beat the crap out of you, and he, he went on about his day. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, the, the language barrier, especially in the, in the States, a, a lot of people, for whatever reason, like, it, it bothers them when people aren't able to speak English very well, and for whatever reason, they let that play into why they root or don't root for them. I don't get it, but... I think it's an empathy thing. Like, um, like... Guys, uh, guys like um, Anderson Silva and uh, uh, Junior dos Santos, for example, like w- when you w- when you hear them speak, you you get an idea of what their personalities are. Yeah. And the, the sport is very personality driven. Um, yep. J D S sounds like the most like lovable guy on the planet. <laughs> it, it, in his semi broken English, he actually speaks English really well. I'm talking about like, when he first started out. Trying to learn a language. Um, I, like, if, if people like charming, like, broken English uh, speaking, like, people, like, look at Glovkin. Like, he, the, du- the dude's most famous quote is, like, he's going to make them all good boys. Like, <laughs> th- th- there, there's something to be said for, like, being that dude, you know? Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, absolutely. I think the Nova and Yao guys would probably have more success in the U.S. Um, and build more of a fan base if they spoke some type of English. But you know, the barrier doesn't have to be like there, there are no definitive. You know what I mean? When, it becomes, yeah. when, it's talk, when you're talking about being a star, like you got all the intangibles that still just not cross over for whatever reason. Um. This just reminded me of something, though. I have one more shout-out. Yep. Uh, Francisco Vargas. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw it or not. Did you see him knock out Rod Salka? Oh, was that the guy who wore the Trump shorts? 
Yes. Oh yeah, get him out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> Clean him up. So for those for those who don't know, Rocco famous for, you know, being gifted a title fight against Danny Garcia in which he got knocked the fuck out in um really lopsided Jimmy May type of fight. Um well, I, it, I guess getting big fights in boxing is good for uh, getting more big fights in boxing because he got another TV fight. Um, Francisco Vargas. And in, in the spirit of this American versus Mexican showdown, he decided to wear the uh, his America First um, wall shorts with, like, the American-style uh, American bricks on his... Um, American flag-colored bricks on his shorts. Um, the fight did not go well for him. Get the fuck out. <laughs> the wall will not protect you from them hands, bro. <laughs> I, I, I feel like this go two ways for Rod Salka. He can continue being like the guy promoters call to get like me- uh, like to to get Mexican fighters to fight, so they could they could beat him up, or he's just never going to get another TV fight ever again. Because the the people who are tuning for boxing matches are old black dudes and Mexicans. <laughs> like that, that, that is like dead ass. That is boxing's primary fan base. If YouTube is anything to tell them, it, like you know, you, you can't you can't type in a fighter's name without like twenty thousand different um, not elderly but like forty fifty year old black dudes. Talking about some dude fighting in like Delaware, <laughs> like, like on the third fight on the prelims. So oh, like, yeah, these these are the dudes holding it down. So you like, I say go with the gimmick. Just just have Rod keep fighting Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I would pay to be a fly on the wall in that locker room after you. Mm-hmm. Boy, you got cleaned up. Get him out of here. I uh, see. Now I'm wondering if this was just like a promotional stunt. I mean, either way, it worked because yeah. that shit was all over the place. Oh yeah, it was. It, it was awesome to watch. <laughs> it was. It was great to watch. Yeah, man. Yeah. That wall will. That wall will not protect you, bro. Them. Them hands are coming. You're getting out of here. This really shitty wall. He laid him out next to the uncle that Timbo knocked out at the barbecue. Y'all can go sit on the same <laughs> bench together. <laughs> go, let's, go sit. <laughs> let's go sit in the corner with your little potato salad. <laughs> Think about what you've been doing wrong with your life. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> oh, man. That was an awesome moment. He had to have felt... Like, I didn't watch his, the post-fight or anything. I, I literally only saw, like, the highlight of the knockout. I gotta imagine, maybe he wasn't, like, gloating about it, you know, in his post-fight, but he had to have felt so good inside after that. Like, you gotta be on cloud nine after that. Oh, man. But, um... Dude's a hero. Right. Yeah, like, that's that's a moment, no, no matter what happens for the rest of his career, you can hang your hat on that one moment and be proud of <laughs> what you've accomplished like that's that's a story for the ages oh man but um <laughs> yeah, that's oh hold 
His in-ring attire has since garnered widespread attention, including Deadspin, The Washington Post, Newsweek, The Irish Independent, and Univision. Oh, man. Hold up. Wait, 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 wait. In addition to being a pro boxer, Sulka ran as a Republican for a, a Pennsylvania House of Representatives in 2016, but lost to incumbent Bill Quartz. You can't run no by, more, man. By a near 2 to 1 voting margin. Mm. You can't run no more, man. You, you, how are they going to back you up? And, you know. You can't even it, represent the wall. He's he's gonna spin it. He's gonna be like, you see all these Mexicans? They're so violent. <laughs> in, in here, hitting us hard, working blue collar types in the face. <laughs> I just want to, I just wanted to be champion. But... <laughs> <laughs> spin it to the meanest sob story. Oh man. That is that is great. That might be like the best piece of combat sports news that has happened in quite some time. <laughs> oh man, if I could remember, I would definitely leave a link <laughs> to that down below so you guys can um can check that out. <laughs> that's pretty much it uh, for this episode of the Dojo Talk podcast. Um, as always, you can listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes. If you're for iTunes, please rate and subscribe. You can catch us on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. Uh, send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. So shout outs to you guys for listening. Shout outs to you guys for sharing. Uh, shout outs to the Tumblr fan base. Appreciate you guys. And until next time, as always, when people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it, and hopefully we catch you guys soon. Peace.